on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt and Nick will try and contain their excitement over the first trailer for the Book of Boba Fett, which naturally they will break down for all of you yearning for their hot and more than likely wrong takes. After Boba's time in the spotlight, these two dopes will put the focus on Ahsoka thanks to her being the subject of multiple reports this past week. They'll even talk some mall thanks to a new rumor about his appearance in the land of Star Wars. Finally, after lamenting about a few new toy releases, the crew will guide you through the latest edition of the fan segment featuring question of the week responses and our top five featured artists of the week expose. Punch it, Chewie. everybody and welcome back to the star wars time show it's matt that's me and it's nick that's him and of course i pointed to the wrong part of the screen Try, yeah there you go I, I just i can never figure out like camera right and camera left you know what i'm talking I about like I, yeah. it just my brain does not have the capacity to to flip flop within the gray matter but hey we figured it out right we're here and we've got uh we got a little bit of a treat, right? I, I know Trick or Treat officially ended on Sunday night at 11:59 p.m. But come Monday morning, Lucasfilm had a little present for us. I, I know there were some rumors out there in the Star Wars verse that we may be getting a look at the book of Bob this week and, and sure shit. Uh Monday morning, probably the best morning for me for something like that to happen. I had a little free time to uh invest into the teaser so of course we're going to talk the book of boba teaser but we've got some other live action star wars uh, details to run by everyone and of course we'll spin it we'll speculate them and i'm I'm sure we will be wrong but that's what we like to do here Uh, in terms of nick's clock and when he will have his dropout we're about seven (laughs) minutes away so be prepared for a frozen nick but he will he will come back (laughs) he always finds his way home yeah, I'll be as quick as possible. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it, it really is though. Like I, I've got it down to it's it's almost precisely twenty five minutes. So we're we're a little late today. I forgot to schedule the stream, so you know people could be in the know and be sitting here waiting for us to deliver episode one eighty six. But it looks like the diehards figured it out. So thank you. All right, man, before we get into, uh, obviously, the Book of Boba, it's going to eat up a good part of today's show. I did what I usually do. I, I, I broke it down yesterday. So we're going to go through all the stills I captured and just kind of discuss what we're thinking we were seeing. Because uh, I, I don't know how Nick was feeling, but I, at least one of the rumors we talked about back in April is 100% true at this point in time. Yep. And I think rumor two that we just talked about a few weeks ago is being teased heavily in those scenes where Boba and Fennec seem like they're cornered like rats. But um, we'll get there. Uh, so we'll, we'll go through the trailer. We'll, we'll talk about what we saw and what we think is coming, what we think we saw, what we think we heard. And no, it is not Din Djarin that was doing the voiceovers. All right? But... We'll save that for the Book of Bob breakdown coming up here after we just shoot the shit for a little bit. So, Nick, 
you know, I, I see you have your Saints hat on. You're probably feeling good about the weekend, even though you've lost your... <laughs> I mean, he was the, the starter coming into the season, right? I yeah. mean, Jameis yeah. was the guy. Drew retired. You were left with Jameis, who, you know, is, is serviceable, but he was actually doing a decent job for the yeah. Saints up until he snapped his knee in half. Uh, and at this point, who do you got? Do you still got that like white, that dynamic white kid that he come in? Is he the, yeah. the backup? So Taysom Hill is, is the backup, yeah, but guy. he was, so he's still technically in concussion protocol because oh. uh, he got dinged in, in week five, a few weeks back, but it looks like he should be ready to return uh, for next week. So hopefully he's back. If he's not back, then we have Trevor Simeon, who actually played in Winston's stead last, uh, in, you know, on Sunday. And he well, did beat okay. fucking Brady, right? I mean, yeah, you guys beat the Bradys. So. I mean, that that's, is, yeah, that's that's really the the reason for for the hat today. That and uh, I didn't shave my head, so it was all fucking spiny. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, we we won, we beat Brady. It's it's a good week for me because I mean, as like as most NFL fans do, they hate Tom Brady, so that was a check mark. And, and that's then, a that's a division win too right yeah that's like a division the, the bucks win. are in a division right yeah. yeah so it's a double whammy for me we get to beat brady and we get a division win so it was a, it was a good week i mean the game was super stressful because if you know if you watch football if you watch american football i should say and you know the the shenanigans that can happen in the last two minutes we were in a very precarious position we we're only up two points brady had the ball with like a minute and a half left and, and that's he, usually, I mean, that's usually a guaranteed win for a Brady team. Yeah, it's like a death nail. And I was like, well, we're, we could be fucked here if they take their time. But luckily we got the pick six off of Brady, which sealed the game up. And I mean, it was exciting. It was very I'm fun. with you, man. I, um, listen, I, I've had to deal with Brady his whole career yeah, being it, when he was with the Patriots. And, and I guarantee you, you know, I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh, so I'm a Steelers fan. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Ben Rossberger is a, a creep. All right, fine. He still wins. You know, it's American culture. We can we can uh, handle that as long as they keep winning. Uh, but Brady, I would I would argue, probably robbed at least two Super Bowls from the Steelers organization. Just you know, he's fucking good. So that's why I yeah. hate his guts. Um, I don't hate him as much now because he's out of the American Conference. He's down in the National, but he's still doing his thing. I mean, he's like 900 years old in quarterback age and is still more or less single-handedly winning Super Bowls. And yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll be in the playoffs again this year, even you know losing to a division rival. So, you know, I, I had a decent NFL Sunday myself. I mean, anytime the, the aging Steelers get a win these days, it's fun. Uh, I'm not as invested as I was when I knew they were a competitive franchise. I know they're kind of sunsetting at this point, possibly returning to my early uh, days as a fan in the 80s when they were fucking terrible. You know, they had their run with with Noel and Bradshaw and then they just sucked like awful in the 80s until Cower showed up. He yeah. turned them around, but they, they still couldn't get over the edge until bad boy Ben showed up. And then, you know, we had him for all these years and. I'd argue he was kind of wasted for the last 10, but whatever. I, I know they're on kind of the twilight of their run. So anytime they win, especially if they beat the cocky-ass Cleveland Browns, <laughs> I'm down for it. Um, so there's your... I, I know like a lot of geeks and nerds that talking sports is 
like, awful to them, yeah, like it, it's, it, it, like you know, scratching a chalkboard type of thing. So we won't go uh, much deeper than that, but um, I, I definitely got a little bump from Nick's team in my fantasy. Not enough to win. <laughs> Alvin did not have enough touchdowns and yards, but he is one hell of a fantasy running back. He is. Um, in terms of the geek verse, man, I um, Eternals is that on your radar for this week, or you still need to go see Dune before you see anything in, in theaters? Yeah, I mean, I still need to see Dune. The, the main issue is, is that the, my next couple of weekends are going to be taken up by travel. So I'm leaving on Thursday to go to a wedding in Virginia. Uh, uh, I guess you are still young enough to have weddings <laughs> people, in your life, aren't you? Married, yeah. But yeah. Uh, so I'm going to be in Virginia from Thursday to Monday. Um, and then I will be, and then basically right off the back of that, I'm going to be leaving to go to Disney on the 13th, which is Saturday. So that's going to be, I mean, like that's like the prime, you know, theater time. So I'm going to be right. late on anything that's in theaters right gotcha. now, but it, it is something that I'm interested in. And like the buzz has been pretty positive around it. It's, you know, the well, it's also thing. one of those movies that's getting review, review bombed by people that Haven't don't like <laughs> non-white people. You know what I mean? Like the, that crowd there. <laughs> yeah, like I just don't understand, I guess. Like I like people like most people haven't even seen the movie yet and it's getting review bombed. But I mean, like from the people who like from the early accessors and the, you know, right. the, the IGNs and the, the movie review sites of the world, it, it's gotten pretty positive buzz. The only thing that I heard was that like kind of drags a little, a little bit long. in this third act, yeah. 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 But yeah, I think know. it was uh, you know a bunch of a bunch of headlines last week. Where, oh, it's now the lowest rated MCU film. I'm like, well, who who the fuck's watching this thing at this point? I mean, I think it's like at a sixty three, so it's still fresh. But I, I'll, I'm definitely planning on going. I mean, MCU, it's, it's why not, right? If if you got the time and you're willing to die to go to the movie theaters like I've become, then oh, I'm, I'm going to check it out. Uh, I, I just I, some of the arguments are so odd, so odd. Like one of them is like, "Fuck these people! What were they doing when Thanos was around?" It's like <laughs> it's not real, motherfuckers. Yeah. Like, also, come like, on! <laughs> like, apparently they like. Doing? Apparently they uh, they talk about like that. Like they they discuss <laughs> it. So like just chill out like yeah apparently that like the, these these deities weren't allowed to do anything unless these other bad deities showed up so i guess you know thanos snapping out half of the universe still wasn't enough for them to get involved and you know whatever it does kind of sound silly on paper but comic books are kind of silly just like yeah. you know spaceships and laser swords it's not real so it's okay it is oh Okay, if these superheroes decided to kind of stay on the sidelines so yeah i want i want to check that out um still loving foundation it really is like you know we we would typically be watching mandalorian by now which is our appointment tv we've we've got appointment tv coming up at the end of december but we really haven't had anything or i haven't had anything that it compels me to put my butt in a seat on the same day every week until uh tv plus's foundation yeah. And I think yeah. I think episode seven just dropped last week. And it, it, again, it's just 
if you've seen Dune and you appreciate the scope of that world, the the cinematography, the production design, the set designs, and just how massive everything is, I mean, I know Foundation. A lot of people argue that it's it's been a little slow, and they always have cliffhangers, and you got to see what happens next. I just I'm fascinated with the world, the characters, and and the carrot they keep dangling. Like, all right, they they, they showed probably as much yet at the end of episode seven, but it's still, as soon as it ends, I'm going fast forward to next Friday. I want to <laughs> see what happens. I love this universe. So, um, foundation, still a huge fan. Nick, I think we talked offline. Are you into succession on HBO or not? Not, not yet. I mean, it, it may be something that we touch on soon, so like there's two shows that just came out on Netflix that we're probably going to spend a little time catching up on you season three, which I don't know if, if you and Heather watched that, but that's a pretty good one. Um, and then Riverdale, because we st- <laughs> I mean, if you've never seen Riverdale, like the live action Riverdale show that that's from CW, it is the most ridiculous fucking out there shit ever. But it's like it's one of those things that it's like so campy and like ridiculous that it's just like fun to watch for the most part. Um, So we're going to watch those. And then after that. uh, Yeah, I mean, there's like Insecure season five is out on HBO Max now. Uh, We watch all those. So we're going to watch that. Uh, Nora from Queens uh, is another show. Uh, or Aquafina is Nora from Queens or something like that on HBO Max. That's out again. So we we have a few things to catch up on, but Succession was never one that we really got into. But I heard it's bro, it is. I heard it's good. We, I mean, we were late to the party, so we we kind of fa- not. I don't want to say family binge because I wasn't letting my daughter watch it. But you know, you know, we that became our show to watch at nights before everyone wound down. And so, but we're now current with the with the season three, which just kicked off, I think, three weeks ago. So it's only three episodes in the season three. And it just I've never I can't remember watching a show outside of like Mandalorian where I I have physical reactions to it, either <laughs> laughing out loud or getting douche chills from watching fake characters in, in a in a in a TV show. But Succession is one of them, which to me is a sign of some fantastic writing and acting. Um, but it, it just, like I said, we're current now, and it's it's a show that it, it's hard to describe. It's not a full drama. It's not a full comedy. It's not all satire. But it's kind of a mix of all three, and it produces just very compelling TV and some of the best acting I've seen, both physical acting and the way they can kind of show emotions on their faces and just the way they deliver the uh, rather excellent writing. So uh, if anyone has been kind of wavering on that, like, Hey, we need something to watch, you know, wife and wife and husband or Netflix and chill content, even though it's HBO max succession comes highly recommended from yours. Truly just, just give it some time. I mean, I don't even I don't even like saying that because I I believe it's a fantastic show from episode one all the way to where I'm at now, but I've heard from some people that bail on the first season are like ah, I didn't know like, just just stick with it. There's That's, some yeah. amazing twists and turns, but to me it's it's that uh, Brian Cox who's Logan Roy, uh, Jeremy Strong who's Kendall Roy, 
I forget the the girl who plays Shiv, but I mean, they're all just fantastic. It's just one of those shows where you can really tell that everyone is kicking ass and taking names. Yeah. So yeah, huge, huge succession guy over here. And I think our next one, now that we're caught up, I'm going to get the wife uh, geared up on The Witcher because we got a trailer yeah. last week and, and season two, I believe, debuts later this month, right? I was going to say, you, like, um, the, the Witcher shit has been so hard to track for me because they had, like, that anime come out already, right. I think, which I haven't seen. And then I kept, like, I kept hearing different things about season two, but maybe, I mean, maybe it is close. I'm pretty sure it's it's sometime in November because we, we just got a, a pretty kick-ass trailer. 17th. Okay. Well, there it's you go. So I wasn't I pretty sure I was fucking lying. So yeah, December <laughs> is when it's coming out. So you'll have uh, that. You'll have two weeks of that before book comes. Gotcha. All right. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to probably get caught up or, or rewatch The Witcher because I, I found the live action version with Superman in it to be oh, it was fantastic. rather excellent. Like yeah. just kick-ass. I mean... Sometimes uh, Cavill is a little rigid, but I, I feel like uh, um, Geralt just just works for that guy. I mean, he, yeah. he embodies him well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, plus he's a, he's a good looking dude. My wife likes him, so maybe that will spill <laughs> over to me somehow. Get a little, you know, a little reach around while we're watching. <laughs> Uh, but that's really yeah. I mean, I I really have just become a couch potato, man. I mean, I, I still get a little Mass Effect two in on the weekends, but even this Guardians of the Galaxy game, which has basically had its digital ball sucked, it's like, hey, we thought it was gonna blow, but it's awesome. It's it's got nothing but positive press. I just I have, I'm not really feeling compelled to to game these days. I don't know if it's a weather thing or like I said, it's just I'm getting back to somewhat focused tv watching versus the you know splitting my brain power on phones and a screen so yeah i don't know lots well, of missed the gaming i feel like the, i'm missing out because this is like the season right i mean this is when all the big titles are releasing i guess i mean i haven't tracked any new game releases in a while i will say that the one thing that i did go back to this weekend for a few hours which is was super fun was ratchet and clank rift apart and yeah i need I mean, to i need to die. i bought it i might as well play it that game is so good like it's not even of the games that i've played on the new consoles which granted you know i have both of them i've played things like limited stuff it's not like i'm out there like you were saying you know tracking these releases buying all the new stuff when it comes out like i played a few things but like that game is just far and away the best game that i've played on these well it's because they they actually designed it for the ps5 yeah it's none of this bullshit where oh we're we're still developing for the older consoles it's like those dickheads over at cd project red i don't know if you saw that the next gen version which was supposed to be available last spring has now been pushed into 2022 so i still just you just need to yet to complete (laughs) yeah you're right i I probably just need to dive in and and get done (laughs) because I, I know one game I'm going to have to tap into just because this franchise, I mean, it, it it's probably even more endearing to me than Mass Effect or, or Star Wars on the movie screen. That's Halo. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, you're someone, you're, you're on Game Pass now, so you're going to get it day one, whether you want it or not. You can download it for free because you, you are a Game Passer. Yeah. Uh, but we, we, we got a new campaign trailer last week, and you can tell that they heard what fans were bitching about last year when they showed it off. And kind of tweaked the visuals again. Didn't didn't make it look as cartoony. But um, I I know Halo Five was divisive in terms of its narrative. But I've 
I, I really feel like Halo had some of the most rich and detailed storytelling and lore of modern video games. And, and I was sucked yeah. in. Like, I, I was reading Halo books back in the early 2000s, mid-2010s. I, like, I didn't even play. Like, I bought five. I, I probably still have the five case somewhere in my little setup back there. Didn't play it. So I played four. So I don't know. I mean, like, is five absolutely necessary? Can I watch like a 10 minute YouTube video and like catch up? On I mean, that? <laughs> in the end, it's still a Halo game. It's fun to play. The game plays tight. The gun plays perfect. But yeah, the, the story, I don't know. It just, I mean, the shit, the game's six years old. So yeah, spoiler, I mean, that's kind of spoilers. The, that's, I kind of felt the same way about like Gears. When I finished Gears 4, I was like, man, this game, like it's a Gears game. It's fun to play. Like it's, it's relatively the same as all the other Gears games. Where I was like, story-wise, this was kind of fucking shitty. Like, this yeah. whole game was about oh, no. chasing down Kate's mom. Like, that was it. That was the whole thing. I was like, okay. Yeah, I well. just... <laughs> it's like, I, I feel like Halo 4 had such a great narrative to kind of yeah, re-energize like, the franchise with the Forerunners and all that shit. And, it, yeah, exactly. And then 5 just kind of you know, it still uses them, but you, you get the whole angle of like, you've got this guy hunting down the master chief. Cause the master chief goes rogue with a lot of his, uh, initial Spartan buddies like Kelly and Fred and whatnot. If you've read the books and then, you know, Cortana has her thing and she's, she's essentially the big bad going into infinite yes, yes. her and her and these, you know, brute, like the banished, I think is what they're called. But anyways, all right, well, there's kind of our, our, our bullshit time. Uh, it's just lots lots of TV these days. Gaming has gone downhill. But if you're still not in the foundation, if you've got TV+, Plus, you've got at least seven hours of excellent sci-fi to check out. Uh, Invasion, I didn't even check in on episode four, so that guy kind of shows you that that one has been moved to the back burner. Uh, and then Succession is just phenomenal. If, if you're looking for something... To watch with someone who is not just focused on science fiction or or fantasy you know what i mean it's like you can you can almost trick your significant other into thinking that you are a normal person and you can watch just normal uh, drama-based tv um shit i just had something just came to mind and it was deleted that quickly so i guess it still <laughs> wasn't that important so let's get to it man i i, I can hear the uh z's coming from the chat room <laughs> Book of Boba Fett. So, well, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that the teaser drop was a big surprise. Like I said, if you read the tea leaves, if you're someone like myself that fucks around on Reddit more than you need to be, there, there was a lot of signs pointing to this week getting a trailer. I mean, Monday is always a weird day for a trailer for something this big because in the industry, Tuesday's usually the big day to drop reveals, announcements, trailers. I mean, we got the Morbius trailer today, which... Honestly, I didn't think it looked half bad. I mean, Leto's a good actor, and I don't know shit about the character. It's probably going to be squirrely because it's in the Sony Marvel Universe. So, yeah. you know, there's who the fuck's who anymore, like which Spider-Man is which. Um, <laughs> but, it, but it looked all right. But, hey, we got Book of Boba yesterday. I'm not complaining. Like I said, I had a window to kind of waste more time than a human should at 41 years of age on a... Uh, one minute and 38 second long Star Wars trailer, but that's what we do. This is a Star Wars time show. Our motto is there's always time for Star Wars time. And yesterday was definitely um, an example of that mantra. 
So I guess first and foremost, kind of like how we break down an episode of something, Nick, let's just get general thoughts out there and then we'll go through a scene by scene breakdown. If you do want to watch our full breakdown in video form, you can check that out on StarWarsTime.net. We're looking at the post right now. Or if you don't want to mess around with the dot netters, you can just find the content on youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. And, and I'd appreciate it. I mean, I, I put this stuff out here. I like the back and forth. I mean, uh, Tones, our, our resident man on the street, you know, he was kind of, you know, having a dialogue with me on some of my speculations. And that's what I like. I mean, at first I get angry when people question what I say, because I'm always fucking right. Nick knows this. Uh, the Kung Fu knows this. But uh, in the end, I, I I just like talking about this type of, of nonsense with other fans. So I guess just right off the bat, it, it's it, it was a damn near perfect trailer for people that don't want anything spoiled, but at least want to see the universe. I mean, it, if you aren't Nick or I, or if you don't listen to the show regularly, then that trailer was about as basic as it gets. It established Fett as a man on a mission and Fennec as his number two. And it also established some potential, uh, adversaries in the Athorian and Jabba's former captains. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, you got nothing. And it's like some of our fans are saying, or I don't know if you've seen it on the internet, they're like, I-, I bet that trailer is is only showing stuff from the first episode or, yeah. or maybe the first two or three. Because we found out last year, all the Mandalorian footage was only through, I think, the third episode. Like yeah. any trailer we got pre-Mando S2, it was literally only the first three episodes and everything was clean. And, and I do think that's the case here. So I, I appreciate trailers like this that don't give anything away, but still in the end, make you want to see more kind of get you ready for the 29th. I mean, you know, someone like myself or Nick, I, I want as much as I can get, but I think for a teaser, a first teaser, it did a good job at kind of setting the stage, naming the players, and, and kind of uh, laying down the tone of the show. And, it, and it's kind of what we thought it would be. I mean, Boba is a man who is looking to kind of stake his claim in the underworld Yep. Uh, by using Jabba's former assets. But he's also a changed man. And, you know, we got some very clear dialogue that this is... Definitely not the Boba of the original trilogy in terms of how he thinks, because I do not think Empire Strikes Back Boba would ever say, you know, Jabba ruled by fear. I plan to rule by respect. Yeah. And and I say this just, I mean, th- th- just at the end of War of the Bounty Hunters, speaking to Jabba himself, handing over Han and Carbonite, Boba really goes like, y- you're going to keep him alive, man? He's like, if it were me, I'd fucking kill Solo. Like... Just, just get him off the map. He's dangerous. You know, he's, he's too many people like him. Too many factions are interested. You know, Boba's like, fuck him. Just kill him. All the bounty hunters that came after him, he, he weighed lace. Uh, he, wow. Weighed lace. Laid. There you go. There you go. Laid he laid waste them. to every one of them. I mean, blew up Valance, cut off Dangar's legs. Uh, he didn't have to mess with. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> blew up Zuckus. I mean, the only one he didn't fuck up was IG-88, and that's because Darth Vader already cut him up into a pile of scrap. Uh, so I, I think some of our early predictions on the, the general 
plot and tone of the show were definitely paid off on. And, you know, I always look for opportunities to uh, discuss how intelligent and, and um, kind of future, future thinking we are on the Star Wars time show. So yeah. how about you? What would the trailer do for you? It was it was good. I mean, it wasn't it didn't blow me out the water because there were definitely a lot of like expectations that were met. Um, a lot of like a lot of our discussions pre trailer were like, OK, so Bob was taking over the palace. Like, is he going to try to start his own, you know, syndicate? That's basically was kind of confirmed by this trailer, like that meeting that he had with all of the former captains from Jabba's uh, outfit. Basically, he says, you know, I want to make a mutually beneficial agreement. And to me, that means he's trying to start like a crime syndicate, not necessarily like a uh, an iron fist, like I'm the king, right. you guys are my servants, but like a, a mutually beneficial thing that's kind of that that is similar to Crimson Dawn or something like that. Um, there was the the leak confirmation, which we're going to talk about pretty soon, uh, which was good to see. And then the rest of it was kind of like, you know. It was good scenes, good flashes of scenes, some action, some intrigue with the characters being introduced um, and stuff like that. But overall, I think it was pretty cool. And I think it sets up uh, like a very interesting Mando two and a half, like taking what the Mandalorian has done in its world building around this time and expanding it beyond just like, you know, the, the planet hopping that we've seen from Mando S1 and 2 and then kind of grounding it in like, hey, now we're, this was what we were dealing with a lot of surface stuff before. Now we're kind of digging into the underworld side yeah, of things. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I mean, I I know we, we saw the Slave 1 do a little flying. I still think that was on Tatooine. I, I think this entire series is going to be focused on Tatooine and his mission to to try and unite the the former underlings of Jabba and... You know, obviously, if he's dabbling in the underworld, it's not on the up and up, but it does sound like he at least wants to do it as honorably yeah. as possible. I mean, he does say, like, I'm not a bounty hunter anymore, which yeah. is a, a big step for him. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. he's always been known as the the baddest bounty hunter in the galaxy. And the, the respect that he's built out has been because of him being a bounty hunter. But now he's probably realized, like, hey, when you're a bounty hunter, you're not just like hey, you know, I'm just, I, this is just my job. Like you become the target of other bounty hunters and other people that aren't bounty hunters and then syndicate. And every, you, if you kill enough people for bounties, you become a bigger target than any target that you've ever gone after. Right. And I feel like he's trying to get away from that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm such a weirdo, Nick. I actually wrote down every bit of dialogue spoken in the trailer. And, and the one you're talking, that's with one and the, the guy that everyone think is Din, where he says, I'm not a bounty hunter. And, and the other character says, I've heard otherwise. Uh, and, you know, I know you sit on the throne of your former employer. Like, I, I've already yeah. fucking memorized it because I'm a loser. But yeah, uh, we even got, I, I believe, a new synopsis 
with the trailer. I'll, I'll read it and then we'll kind of get into the, the shot by shot breakdown. But um, the book of Boba Fett, a thrilling Star Wars adventure teased in a surprise end credit sequence following the season two finale of The Mandalorian, finds legendary bounty hunter Boba Fett and mercenary Fennec Shand navigating the galaxy's underworld when they return to the sands of Tatooine to stake their claim on the territory once ruled by Jabba the Hutt and his crime syndicate. First and foremost, I feel like whoever wrote this uh, was trying to leave a fan response comment for the Star Wars Time Show because <laughs> that whole thing is is technically one, one sentence, one and I almost sentence. passed out about uh, <laughs> the second line in. So I, I don't know about the grammar in that, but yeah, I mean, nothing eye opening. But I think that's the first like detailed synopsis it got. Um, all right, so let, let, let's kind of get into the breakdown here. I don't think we're going to see anything until November 12th at this point. That's Disney Plus Day. Yeah. Um, but I am glad they kind of got this one out here uh, to, to give us something before that day. Because I, I, I feel like that day is going to be hectic for someone like me. Uh, you could get a sizzle of Kenobi. You could get a sizzle of Andor. You could get a sizzle of Book. You just don't know. So I'm kind of glad they at least shot this this wad a bit early so all right so if you've never been around for one of these on the live stream we've got the the post up with all the stills that i took uh and we will just kind of discuss what we saw in the stills what we think may be happening in the stills and kind of the general direction of the show for those of you that don't like to devote brain power to this exercise you know we are the almighty swts Pretty much anything we say comes true, so I understand why people flock to us for this type of conversation. So up first, I, I love the opening shot. We got this. Uh, the, I think the proper name is like a, a, a Biamar monk, right? I mean, I call them spider monks in the video. Yeah. Uh, but this is a great nod to the OT Return of the Jedi itself, and and I believe some EU content. If you're not familiar, Jabba essentially stole these monks. Um, monastery and made it his palace but he was nice enough to kind of let them hang around and yes these are humanoids uh, that that sack down there is the the monk's brain uh, because these monks felt like if they didn't have a you know any physical things to deal with they could focus more on whatever the hell they were focusing on um, so you could argue these monks are more hardcore with their religion than the Jedi and Sith were with their own, right? Very true. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, if the Jedi were so concerned about physical attraction or emotions in general, right here is your is your solution. You rip your fucking brain out and put it into a jar sure. and just have a, a robot carry it around. Yeah, yeah. But then they couldn't swing their laser swords. There you so. go. That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. Up next, and Tone and I went back and forth on this, so I'll be interested to see how this turns out. But it, it, Boba, you know, it looks like he's got some sort of servant droid. I, I argued it, it potentially is a monk itself, because if you look at the angled head, and if you go back to the spider and really zoom in, it, it kind of has those same beady black eyes coming out. Uh, we just yeah. don't know yet. Tone's thinking it could be a modified pit droid, because he's like, the hands, the hands. I'm like, dude, it's Star Wars. That spider, you're not telling me it can't just shoot out some hands from its body or its head or underneath it. So um, I'll be interested to see how this turns out. But it, it, it's it's kind of unique because I don't think Boba Fett has ever been a a character to rely on or travel with droids. Very yeah. similar to Din Djarin himself. So 
you know, Boba, it looks like he's taking advantages of some of the uh, amenities that he inherited <laughs> in Jabba's palace. True. Um, it looks like props, I, Star Wars props is saying that this helmet sucks. Apparently. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. But obviously, I don't have props in my handle, and we all know that Justin is very detailed when it comes to props, making them, getting them signed. So he's definitely more of an expert than me. Uh, but this slide in particular, the, the only reason I wanted to talk about this one is because you you get a good shot of the armor, and yes, it has changed, like we we heard. I mean, I, we just did a report, I think, last week, right, or, or two weeks ago about um boba's armor potentially looking a bit different and i'd argue the green which is shaded differently there's a few new nicks since he re-armored in mando s2 mm -hmm. and if you look at the body shots not that there was a ton they got rid of a lot of the baggy underclothes like no yeah. more no more like uh what were those things called zumbas or skids like no more skids <laughs> style pants nick's probably even too young to remember too skids young to remember, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know they're, they're like they, they were very baggy you know almost yeah. uh, ancient samurai warrior-esque uh, but they it looks like they cleaned some of that up and and i i will argue i believe the paint at least the shades of the paint and yes we get this granular <laughs> with star wars uh, look different than what we saw there in uh, s2e8 of mando yeah potentially i mean definitely the most noticeable thing is like the scuffs like he i think what they're trying to show is like yeah he's been he's been out there he's been on the move he's been you know little rough and tumble again so it's not as clean as usual well we also nick we don't know technically how much time passed from mando and, uh, yeah. finale and that end credit scene right i mean that that's like i know you know it, it's easy to go to well shit fennec just got back on the slave one and they went right to take over the castle we don't know. I mean, he 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 probably had to get Din and them home because it's not unless they they kept that uh, star cruiser. The everyone on that ship needed an egress somehow. Yeah. Uh, so you, you have to figure that maybe Boba dropped everyone off, kind of carpooling with his his bounty hunter and Merc buddies. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I don't know if they're trying to through the wear and tear on the armor, just show a passage of time from the last time we saw him in Mando till now. Uh, but it's going to be curious because I, I believe there's scenes in this trailer that hint that it may pick up at least episode one, right where the stinger left off. Yeah. That's what, or, uh, you know, we had a question from clips. Do we think that the first episode will just include the stinger again in full? And I think that's, that is definitely a possibility. It's just like, show it again and then just continue straight from there uh, yeah there's i took a still of it when we get there we'll kind of go deeper but i i do feel like one of the conversations we hear fennec uh when she's like yo if, if jabba was sitting on this throne you wouldn't dare fucking say that i i believe yeah. that that is going to be very early on and it's probably one the captains are rolling in that be like yo we just heard this place got shot up and you took over what the fuck's going on um, but anyways, I don't know. I mean, props, if you let us know what's wrong with the helmet, drop it in the uh, comment section there. But I don't. I, yeah, I mean, I it's know. hard I to mean, tell. But like you said, Justin's like an expert in this stuff. So maybe he's got like maybe he has some like specific details that have changed or uh, that he's noticed uh, you know, completely different. Right. So. 
Hey, if anything else, it's a guaranteed new Hot Toys figure, Black Series <laughs> figure, repaint, rearmored edition, carbonized edition. Uh, so, you know, uh, there, there's all sorts of uh, collectibles coming out because of Boba Fett going through yet another costume change in, in just, uh, what, a year's time here. Uh, all right, so we got a few shots of this, I call it a hub, it's clearly a, a defined city. Mm-hmm. It could very well be, if you, if you look around, if you're on the live stream, if you look at the background here, you can tell they're, they're kind of down in a ravine, which yeah. looks like one of the, the wide shots we're going to talk about, this massive city we've at least never seen on screen before on Tatooine. But I'm guessing this is Boba and Fennec making their way to the Ethorian's um, hideout place of operations something like that Um, yeah if we're assuming that this sequence happens kind of in order then yeah it would make sense and then the interior shot that we do see the authorian does kind of match the the aesthetic of what we see on the outside all right so this right here now that we're on the authorian shot on the live stream if you're paying attention if not you can always follow along on starwarstime.net just pull up the post and uh listen along on the audio only platforms but so here's here's where there's a little confusion going on. Um, when we hear the voiceover that, and I'll I'll give it to you, it, it does sound like Din. Okay, it really does. But I've I've been telling all of you this for a couple years now. If you ever have questions about who is speaking, turn on closed captions because it, it it cleans stuff up instantly. Because uh, when you hear these lines spoken, I've heard otherwise. I know you sit on the throne of your former employer. Yeah, that should be the fucking giveaway. <laughs> it, it, it literally says Alien 1 speaking the lines. It does not say Din Djarin and yeah, okay, well, maybe they don't want to spoil it in the clip. Okay, whatever. I can, I can guarantee you, if you listen to those lines over and over, there's enough difference in the inflection of the voice that it is not Pedro Pascal. It's hard it, to figure that out something like... With with Mando stuff, they're all speaking through speakers. Like their voice is naturally right. going to be like kind of modulated to a certain degree. So it's very easy for voices of two different Mandalorians to sound similar. But yeah, it, and, and well, I mean, this is an, an Ethorian speaking. Like I I I know this. Those lines were the hammerhead. I, I'm sticking to it. I may be wrong, but you know, when you are a speculator, you got to kind of plant a flag somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so so the lines of I've heard otherwise, and I know you sit on the throne of your former employer. I'm pretty sure those are coming from the Ethorian because you can even hear his voice box kind of clicking a bit. Yeah, as those lines are being delivered, and and if you know your shit about Star Wars, Ethorians can't talk. They need to have a, a like a voice box, like Nick yeah. was saying. Just just like how we hear Din through his helmet speaker, Ethorians are going to sound like they're wearing helmets too because they they can't um, speak. Literally, they they literally do not talk as a species. We saw that in Bad Batch with uh, uh, one of the shitheads that was hanging out in. Um, damn it. Sid's bar, right? I mean, he yeah. he was only talking through that apparatus. So it, there is a chance I could be wrong. I think it's very slim. I do believe those lines were being spoken by this Athorian. And this is where the first rumor gets paid off, my friends. Back in April, we talked about a post on Reddit from some dude that knew another dude that knew another dude. 
that said, hey, I was an extra shooting on this show and, you know, Boba Fett, he goes up against this other warlord of sorts and he looks like Hammerhead and they have a fight and Hammerhead and, and Boba survive, but some of their guards die out. And we are seeing this in this teaser already. I mean, here is your Hammerhead character. Now, that's not his name, but this is typically, if you don't know, they're Athorians. They oh, okay. uh, become Hammerheads by default because of the toys back in, you know, A New Hope and all that. It was literally just called Hammerhead, yeah. like we had Snaggletooth and, and all those other goofy characters. So that, I mean, we, we got to see that leak play out in this trailer. So here is the other Warlord. And, and the uh, kind of the continuation of that leak was... You know, Boba and this guy are kind of button heads, which it sounds like, right? Just mm -hmm. through their little bit of dialogue we got. But ultimately, after a few headbutts, they they kind of figure out that, you know what, we, we have to work together because of this other thing. So I, I think that rumor at this point has been 100% confirmed early on, if not episode one or two. We're going to get to see this encounter between Boba Fett trying to take over Jabba's assets and whoever the hell this this person is. Is this another gangster? Is this an administrator of that that city on Tatooine? We don't know that yet, but based on the Reddit leak, Nick, it, it doesn't sound like Boba and this guy are going to be too friendly early on and, and maybe never, but they ultimately are going to have to, it sounds like team up yeah. and, and I'm sticking with that being true at this point, considering all the other parts of the rumor have been paid off just a in this teaser working relationship between these two, like no, no right. love lost and whatever their prior entanglements were, but there's, there has to be mutual benefit to both parties in order to, uh, Right. You know, but the, hey, whenever you have a, a dick swinging contest, <laughs> you, you know, some some henchmen are probably going to get killed. And and sure. that's going to happen between here. I mean, we see the shootout in, in bits and pieces, if not a, an even bigger ordeal that spills out into the streets coming up. So uh, I, I kind of, you know, this is where what Nick and I do kind of gets itchy sometimes where. You know, we knew that rumor and it was just a rumor, but now that we know it's true, it's like, uh oh, well, yeah, how like much are we learning too much? Do how we, much or, more <laughs> have we learned that's actually going to be legit? And and are we looking at another tross? Just the whole fucking plot yeah. is laid out before us. And I don't think that's the case, but uh, the, the, the Redditor definitely hit on this one from back in April. So it, it was nice to see because I think it allows us to. Uh, just do a little bit more honest speculation on, on what may be happening. Uh, before we go on, Nick, we got an update from Props on the helmet. So uh, apparently Boba's new helmet is too narrow. The paint makes it look plastic. The jaw doesn't angle the way it should. The visor gap pinches the wrong way and much more. So it sounds like he could do a full dissertation on the the armor fuck-ups in the book of Boba Fett. That's, and we are so, interested to, to yeah. listen. I mean, that's so crazy. You would figure, I mean, maybe they just don't care. Like maybe they're, you know, the, these, the original helmet that they used in Mando S2 got, you know, whatever auctioned off. Somebody took it from the thing and they just rebuilt it. Or maybe it, maybe it literally is. They're like, just fuck it up or just change it a little bit so we can resell toys. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> to a to an untrained eye, I look at it. I'm like, it's green. It's red. It's on Boba Fett's head. That's enough. Right. <laughs> like, hey, but 
listen, I, I, I get my panties yeah, yeah. in a bunch on all sorts of stuff that's not a big deal. So we're, we're not harping on Justin. It's yeah, just, no, uh, it's, I, I would have never picked it out. But I, like now that he does mention it, like the eye, like the visor itself does look noticeably different. Like now that he's specifically called out the visor, if I look at it, I can see. Like well, I can't I, like pick out specific details, but I can tell that it's different. I, we can't even say it's a different helmet because he's got the iconic dent in it. But in the trailer, yeah. he does lose his helmet for some reason. So maybe it gets destroyed and he has to remake and maybe that'll that'll make people happy. But, hey, I get it. You know, I mean, Justin's saying he, he the reason he's pissed is because he wanted to create a replica. And because it looks like poo now, that 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 uh, little job's going down the tubes. <laughs> Speaking of little jobs, I, I know, Nick, you're not on social media as much as myself, but. Um, SW Props is becoming like an agent to the Star Wars stars. I mean, he he's like going around the country now with Lauren Mary Kim, uh, Emily Swalls, and I believe this weekend, Ashley Eckstein. Ashley, yeah, and, and he's like running their fucking signings now. It's like, hey. look at this guy. That's, and he's got he's got a scoundrel doing like the art for the promotions. I mean, that's the dream. You just started your own <laughs> business there. There you go. <laughs> Oh, that is that is hilarious, man. I love it. No, so you know, Justin's hopefully greasing the wheels for us. He he could start being the <laughs> new deliverer of big time guests since Spa Spa Spunky decided to go ahead and and get his lady <laughs> pregnant and, and procreate. Congratulations to Spencer as well on the on your newly announced child. Uh, yeah, good for him. But I mean, boy, is is his life about to change and. You know, I, I know that I waited till I was 35 or oh, 36 almost. And thank God I did, because I, I don't think I would ever been able to handle a kid in my early 20s. Like, just no way I would have had too much disdain for it. You know, like, hey, you're you're fucking up my life, motherfucker. Even though I'm the <laughs> one that had you, you're fucking my shit up. It's like, hey, know? man, I was doing stuff before you got here. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, um, so just to give them a plug, S- at SW Props, check them out. They're all going to be at the Rhode Island Comic Con this weekend. And yeah, no, I'm not getting over there. Um, I- I've decided I'm not, I'm not traveling on planes until people start acting like humans again. It- it's not so much even the COVID anymore. It's, it feels like every day now you read about some jerk off on a plane. Uh, you got, like over this weekend, you had this dude double punch a female in the face because she bumped him. And then uh, just today they had to reroute a flight that was supposed to go cross country down to Dallas because of douchebags either getting angry about mass or whatever the hell is, 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 you know, got their balloon knot in a tie that day. I'm so like, it's so dumb. And I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm flying out to, to Virginia on Thursday for a wedding. And I'm just like, just sit down, shut the fuck up and just take a nap on the plane how about that I, I, how about you just like, do that <laughs> we're we're all going the fuck i mean <laughs> I, I i don't know what it's like in other countries but i i can i can see the tea leaves here it, it's over it's fucking over there, there there's no like decorum in in public anymore everyone because of homeboy for four years everyone now feels like they can just be shitheads and it's okay just like ah. Uh, well they all do it all our leaders act like this now so we it, it's fine it's normal to do this shit fuck you nick's right sit down shut up yeah get to your destination and the reason i don't want to be involved nick because i know i am someone that would probably say something back 
And I don't want to end up on a camera. I don't want to end up getting hauled off a plane because I caved in someone's face. Because uh, at this point in time, these people need their faces caved in. Like physically caved in. I'm not talking about weapon. I'm talking old school, boom, 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 <laughs> meat tenderizer shit. See? See what I think about? This is why I don't go out in public and I should stop talking about my dark thoughts. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Everyone's got to get their opinion out. Fuck social media. What, what, meta, that's Facebook now. I hope, hopefully that explodes. I, w- I want everything to go away except YouTube and Instagram. All right. <laughs> Side rant over, back to the trailer. All right, so we're, we're up to meeting the Athorian who is going to be, uh, you know, cause a little heartburn for our buddy Boba Fett early on. Um, all right, so Nick, this city right here, and you may know better than me because I know you, you, you dabbled in a little bit of EU. Um, do you have any clue what this fucking city is? Is, is this like an extenuation of, of most Isley, the, the, the largest hive of scum and villainy? Like, is this just shit we never saw before? Or is it, I think what Tone was saying, it's something like Bertine or like, I guess that's like the capital of Tatooine. Does that ring a bell? Honestly, I have no fucking clue. Like, uh, the, like a lot of the EU stuff that I read was, was pretty far off of Tatooine. Like they didn't spend a lot of time there. So if there was a city that was brought up in like oldie Canon, I wouldn't even, I probably wouldn't okay. even remember it. But I mean, I, I like I've gotten to the point now with a lot of this stuff that like I'm not going to lean too heavily on on EU influence, but um, it's I don't think it's most icely. I'll say that because we saw most icely from you're right. I, it, yeah, like, it's just like a patch above. of. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Yeah. So this this is either like there's other spaceports like there's most Espa spaceport which is on the other technically i think it's on the other side of the planet from most Isley. it could be that but again like this doesn't to me this doesn't look like a spaceport because there's no landing zones and it looks more like may, i mean maybe it is what tone said like the the capital yeah, I, city but uh doesn't read as spaceport to th- me. I, I mean honestly dude this is probably the most shocking visual i got in the trailer because when i think tatooine you know you only think the hovels and whatnot you you've you know the lars homestead obviously Espa from the prequels which is just a little you know shit town and then icely from a new hope i i i guess i just never envisioned this type of settlement this type of large a grouping of aliens humanoids and whatnot on Tatooine I really yeah. thought Tatooine was just outer rim backwater controlled by the huts yeah no I, I thought it was the same way too we've never seen any sort of I guess you would call it like concentration of of yeah I mean it, it, like you said I mean it it looks it I mean, I know the color is way different, but it, to me, it almost has like Naboo vibes to it, right? With the dome structures and everything. Yeah, like the even the buildings themselves, like all of the buildings that we've seen outside of Mos Eisley were basically like like stone huts that were just built yeah. up almost like S, almost like a igloo style where it's not even like you don't even have walls. It's just like a dome with an entrance. This is completely different architectural style than we've ever seen. I mean, maybe outside of Mos Eisley. So I'm I'm leaning towards this being like some sort of like commerce hub for for yeah Tatooine. I mean more than likely just based on the way the Athorians dressed and the in the way he, the inside of his his palace at this point looks I'm guessing he 
he lives here. Yeah. If not controls here. Uh, so he's probably someone pretty important and powerful on Tatooine, which is why either he wants to meet with Boba or Boba needs to meet with this person. Uh, and, and I'm guessing this is their, this is, this is where they kind of hang. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're not hanging out in the desert like Boba in his, in his castle. They're not hanging out the spaceports. This is Hammerhead's base of operations, this, this city. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm excited to, to, to see this. You know, you know I'm old. I, I like the little nuancey stuff these days. But if we're staying on Tatooine, then yeah, let's, let's see some new parts of it that we've never seen before. Yeah. Like Bat's saying in the chat, he's remembering back to season two when, um, what's her name? The, the female mechanic that has become a recurring character. I love her too, and I hate myself for forgetting her name. Doesn't it it's start with a P or something? Pally. Pally, yes. Yeah, there you Pally. go. Something <laughs> like that. Um, but yeah, she pulls up a map, and, and I think Bat's right. It's literally like, oh yeah, here's Isley, here's Espa, and here's Pelgo, and that's it. That's Tatooine for you. Yay. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested to learn more about this sprawling city on a supposed backwater planet here. Um, yeah. All right. So the, the shot of this uh, gentleman drawing his gun this is happening in the same room as the athorian mm -hmm. uh, so again there is going to be a meeting between boba and the thorian and this first meeting is not going to play out cordially it seems <laughs> and it as is. we've heard in the rumor yeah um because you know th this guy draws his gun uh, boba draws his gun it's smoking so which means say, he probably like already he fires he, he already fucking probably he shot fucking someone shit. You, you, you can tell one of the gamorian guards in the back is starting to go down so he's probably taking yeah. a blaster bolt yeah and um again it, it's it's almost verbatim what the rumor was boba is going to be there with fennec and two gamorian guards and the Athorian's going to have his own guards and after their battle most of the guards are dead and yeah. that's pretty much what we were seeing here uh, here's another guy. Uh, you know, they have an interesting dress here. They've got the, like the Naboo maroon, right? Yeah. Remember mm -hmm. back to like Panaka's uh, get up and, and the Naboo security forces. Uh, but they also have these weird, like ex almost like a football neck collar yeah, I was gonna behind say, like, them. The, the, the neck thing behind them really is kind of an odd choice aesthetically. But right. I so, I, at this point, Nick, I don't know if you have any other take, but I'm assuming these are the the guards or the forces of the Athorian. Yeah, no, totally agree. Okay. All right, and then yeah, clearly the, the the shot of Fennec here. This is still the same scene. You can tell by the pattern on the walls. So this conversation is not going to go as planned. All right, shit, shit's going to happen, and, and you have to think that the Athorian probably set this up to just take them off the map right just let's yeah. let's nip this in the bud as quickly as possible and get some schlub back on the throne like a bib fortuna that you know we'll let them pretend that they're in power but we're truly pulling all the strings that's my my feeling here like a lot of people on tatooine are not going to want boba fett to kind of shake up the the hierarchy uh they're they're probably you know they're all most of them criminals or, or in the underworld they, they probably want business as usual so i'm sure this is the authorian's main main uh gist for meeting with boba is probably to you know let, let's sniff it out but if we can kill him let's just fucking kill him yeah let's just get him out clearly but but you know they probably underestimated fennec you got to imagine her and her quick draw she probably takes out 
uh, more people than they expected. But it, clearly, these two are going to make it out of this, as we've learned from the rumor. And down the road, the Athorian and, and Boba are probably going to have to work together based on that rumor, which, like I said, is being more or less paid off on just in this first trailer. Yeah. And there is the ugly helmet that gives uh, Justin nightmares these days. But uh, I, I did this one, Nick, because you can really see the, the, the different shade of green versus what we are getting in Mando S2. So, yeah. again, for marketing purposes and to sell uh, the license, I'm guessing this is why we had uh, significant changes to the armor <laughs> in between, you know, a season or season and a half of literally the same timeline. All right, so the outside stuff, Nick. Mm -hmm. This first shot here, and I, I believe this is where we get the line from Boba um, after responding to uh, Hammerhead, asking him, like, I, I know you, your former employer, you're sitting on his throne, Jabba rules with fear, and Boba says, I intend to rule with respect. And you see him outside again, the same town square, he's got his helmet off. Um, also, did you notice they uh, kind of cleared up all his scarring from his time in the desert? Yeah, a little bit. They've definitely like taken it down significantly because there was like a huge one on his face, and that yeah, his one eye just, eyebrows like, have grown back ugh. in. And I think so, I think it's twofold. And and I I'm not going to take credit for this. I read this in a comment somewhere else. Uh, but apparently, someone sniffed out possible like a, like a Bacta machine in his room. Yeah. Uh, but others are probably like, you know what? They probably are going to explain it in a way that it was Bacta because why pay the money and have Tem sit through makeup but, nonstop? Make, yeah. It's because like, we're, we're going to have his helmet off a lot, it appears, in the series. So why, why fuck around with the, with the scar makeup that probably takes an hour, two hours? Let's just, oh, yeah, you know, he, he found Jabba's Bacta kit and healed the shit. So yeah. he's good to go. <laughs> it's all good now. No problems. <laughs> but what I want to get here, do you believe... Again, I, I believe too many believes there, but I, I truly think this is still the same location approaching the Athorian stronghold. Do you think this scene where he's taking off his helmet and then Fennec walks up, do you think this is before the conversation with the Athorian, like them going in, kind of looking at it like, eh, should we do this? Or do you think this is after when he's like, that didn't go too well. We better watch our backs. I think it's before because there's still a, a living Gamorian behind him. Yeah, so I'm assuming good. that like if both like if both guards on both sides get taken out in this firefight, which we see for sure that one of the Gamorians is either hit or is like getting right. Some, something happened to him. Then this is probably. Yeah, that, that means that that's probably. Yeah, I. I was kind of feeling the same thing when I first saw it. I, I, I imagine this is right as they're about to go in. He probably takes his helmet off and they have a little quip like, I, I have a bad feeling about this. You know, the, the most original line in Star Wars. It could be one of those moments. So I'm, I'm with you there. Um, I, I love the sprawling shot of Jabba's castle. And if you really notice, you can kind of see some figures approaching. Mm -hmm, Who knows yeah. if this is going to be like the, like the uh, captains or whatnot. Uh, but I, I just like the shot. Plus, it has a little bit of throwback to Jedi because that's the door that 3PO and R2 rolled up to. And eventually, uh, Master Luke, after he sold their asses to Jabba as a little trick. Yep. Um, but at any time you get, you know, the vistas these days and what they can do with practical 
photography and then adding into digital, it just it just adds so much more to the Star Wars universe. Yeah. All right. So interesting stuff here around the dinner table. And, and I do believe this is definite episode one content here. Um, but here, here we get the line from Fennec to kind of establish who these characters are. She says, you were all once captains under Jabba. So what do you think, Nick? Do you think Boba and Fennec kind of put out the call to bring these people in to kind of figure out, kind of sniff them out and what their intentions are? Or do you think these people show up immediately after hearing about the massacre? Um, I think that they probably called a gathering together because it seems like Boba's objective is to like get these people together to build out some sort of criminal enterprise himself. Like mm-hmm. instead of having these people like go off and like either start their own rackets or start working for the authorian or somebody else, like he's trying to consolidate everything again, consolidate power under him and then move from there. I will say that the Trandoshan special effects do not look great to me. Like the the two Trandoshans that are right next to him on his left side, when I first saw the trailer, I was like, that's that's clearly CG and it really yeah. stands out in you know, comparison that, that, to the two next to him. That that's a good point because you, you got to wonder why the dogmen they I, and I, I I know some people call these Clatoonians. I, I don't know their their proper race. I just call them the dogmen because that's what they fucking look. I mean they they, yeah, look, they like look like dogs straight up. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're the same species from Mando S one E four that attack that that small village. Uh, no, I'm with you. And it's like, so why do the prosthetics on the dogmen, which still requires all sorts of fucking work on the face, time, yeah. but but not just throw on a, a prosthetic Trandoshan head, you know? Yeah, it, it was uh, a weird choice to do that. So I don't know if like they did it because maybe these two get fucking wasted and you never see them again. And then the dog guys stick around or what. Yeah. But that was like one of the that that stood out prominently to me i was like whoa that's yeah I, I it's it does seem weird because it, it, it feels like they they want to go these days as practical as possible especially yeah. with aliens uh and and you could i mean fuck they did a prosthetic bosk in empire strikes back that didn't look that rigid and horrible right i mean he looked yeah. like a lizard man and that's all we really needed so i can only think the reason they want cg maybe to like lash out their tongue and, and kind of accent how they all talk like like bosk and bobas you know the the kind of the the focus on the s with this culture but i i am in agreement that it it was a little jarring especially the one wearing the necklace that's looking right at camera that's like hey whoa the uncanny valley is real it's like whoa that one (laughs) yeah that one in particular was very yeah and, and and just i know no one listening live or in the live stream needs this but th- that is not bosk okay um bosk would never wear like a, a cape and cloak type of shit so no that that was not bosk but yeah i i think it's right it's, it's more or less boba is trying to um pick up the pieces from what he started by essentially wiping out a a gangster, a head of a family, if you will, and and trying as as early as possible and through, like he says, a, a mutually beneficial agreement, 
kind of shore up his own little power base on on Tatooine and more or less fully take over uh, the the Hut slash Fortuna syndicate. Because I mean, yeah. r- let's be real. Who I believe, based on what happened in uh, the Crimson Dawn run in comics, that Jabba was more or less the last Hut left. Okay. Because Vader kills the entire council prior to the events of Return of the Jedi. So, you know, I'm sure there could be other ones out there. I, I, I know, you know, there's there's Grabala in the, in the Lego cartoons. I don't know if he, I don't think he's canon though. Uh, but that was still around Jabba's time. So, I mean, what, did, were people really intimidated by Bib Fortuna? Or was there still like this aura of the huts that hung over Tatooine? Yeah, I know. It's That that was what I was going to ask is like, was, was Bib just there as like a, like a temporary figurehead, but like it would be weird if it was temporary because it's been seven years post ROTJ. So like, was he he looked like he was living a good life too. I mean, he got fat fat as fuck. Yeah, he got fat. He was uh, very happy on his throne there. So yeah, I mean, maybe it was just like, it. maybe that's kind of like why Boba knew he had room to step in because he heard around like, yeah, like Fortuna's there, but he's like a, you know, a, a limp noodle, like nobody really right. respects him. And it's, it's really just kind of up for the taking if anybody wants it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you, you could almost see it like, you know, I mean, in the end, gangsters are pretty lazy people. I mean, yeah. their, their whole, their whole mantra is let's just take the money from people that work and we'll tell them we're protecting them. I mean, that's essentially the mob's game. Like, Hey, yeah. you mom and pop owner, we'll, we'll make sure no one else will fuck with you but you got to pay us a, a vig from your, your profits. So I, I'm thinking that because everyone knew Bib, they knew he wasn't quite as sadistic and evil as Jabba, that they probably were happy with him being the figurehead because they could kind of do whatever the fuck they want. They just, just take advantage of him because exactly. he's not going right. to do anything. Like, what's he going to do? Send some muscle right. as after long as, yeah, as long as he is allowed to just keep eating and, and hang out with his Twi'leks, <laughs> yeah, I think he was fine, fine with whatever these captains were doing post Job of the Hutt's um, death yeah. on the, the Katana. So, all right. I love the shot of Bob at the head of the table. Very, very Godfather like, right? I mean, yeah. just it's a it's a wonderful shot, and this is where he he makes his pitch, right? Like he's not here to just start killing everybody. He really does kind of want to have some sort of agreement, yeah, with these I mean, uh, hot captains. It's funny that you say Godfather because the first thing that I thought of when I like saw this meeting, I was like, this feels really Godfather three. Like when Michael is trying to go legit and he's like sitting down, like <laughs> well, he literally kind of right. Yeah. Like he literally, he like, he has a meeting just like this with all the, the heads of the, or his capos, his captains. And he's like, look, you know, here's my final payout. I'm going legit. You guys, you know, I wish you the best of success and everything like that. And it's kind of like what Bob is doing. He's like, look, I'm done with the bounty hunter life. I want to go legit. Let's, let's, you know, come together and make a mutually beneficial partnership. And it, it kind of had that feeling where he's like, I don't want to deal in this, you know, this bounty hunter garbage anymore. I want to have something that's more stable, that's more uh, grounded. And it was, uh, so I just thought it was funny that you had that, that line there, that Godfather line. So. 
Yeah, no, I mean, just really, I mean, look at him. I mean, I mean, Tem's just sitting there looking like a pimp. He's got the guards behind him. I love the lighting they they chose for this scene. He's got his, you know, uh, consigliere sitting right yeah. next to him, his assassin. Exactly. Uh, but then, you know, we get the line of why speak of conflict when cooperation can make us all rich. So it, it sounds like these captains aren't going to be buying into his his uh, pitch early on. It, it, they're going to be like, yo, I mean, what, what we'll just fucking kill you, right? Because, I mean, the one guy, yeah. Dog Boy, ends up saying, what prevents us all from killing you, taking what we want? Yeah. Um, so he, and I love when he says that, and he he just gives that, I'm, I'm a little yeah, ahead look. of myself, but he gives that that side eye too yeah. to Fennec, like, here it is right here, like, um, yeah, make sure to shoot his ass on the way out yeah. the door. Hey. We, we, we can get rid of that guy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, dog man, you know who you're talking yeah. to here? <laughs> yeah, anytime a mob boss makes that look at their at their lead killer, the person's <laughs> dead. Like whoever yeah. said the comment to get him to do that, they're toast. Uh, but anyways, you know, we, he, he's even got some aqualish in there, the, the, the Ponda Babas of the world. Yep. Um, we saw some of the, didn't we see some of those dirt bags in Mando season two when Kara was down in a sewer, like roughing them up? Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they, 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 you know, they are, I guess they are kind of shady aliens in, in the star Wars universe. <laughs> um, th this shot here, you know, I know, I think in the video, I was like, Oh no, where is it? Well, it, it's, it's Jabba's castle. It's the, it's the tall tower. That, that seems to yes. be Boba's penthouse. But the point is, and you know, this could just be, you know, episode one, two stuff, and maybe she does die. I hope not. But man, Boba and Fennec really do seem attached at the hip, don't they? Yeah, I don't know. And it's still, we've still yet to see that explored, really, like how they linked up and, uh, you know, what... What really well, he saved her. I mean, he's I, I guess I get it from her point of view because he saved her. He's the one that rebuilt her guts. Yeah. I mean, she says that, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess she's almost doing like the Chewbacca life dead at this point. Yeah, I was going to say it's like an odd thing for two bounty hunters to have so much loyalty to each other or two former bounty hunters, I guess you would say now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it, they did treat it just like a like a chewy kind of deal, but. I don't think that that's going to get explored at all in the show. From do you think? Do you think she gets taken out in Book of Boba Fett? Hmm. I don't. Or think she so. become popular and and large enough that she's almost unkillable. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that she gets taken out. I think that she'll stick around because Boba. We already know that, like, we've already seen kind of solo Boba Fett for a while, and, and we know, like, what, essentially what happens to him when he's on his own, like, he becomes That's all he ruthless. used to do. I mean, yeah. in that comic run, he's like, I, I work by myself all yeah, the time. So like, I don't fuck around with other people. I, I like having Fennec around to kind of, I don't even want to say balance him out, but it seems like having a companion at his side kind of helps him mentally, like, you know, helps him deal with what he went through in the Tatooine desert because he has somebody that can sympathize and empathize with them because of what she went through in the Tatooine desert, essentially. So, I, I yeah, I don't think that she gets taken out now. It would have to be, like, she probably won't die until, like, these plot lines start converging in that MCU-style okay. thing that we were talking about before. Because, like, yeah, if she's... Give her, like, a Black Widow moment or, like, yeah, a Gamora, like something like that. That'll be, like, a catalyst towards something else for sure, yeah. Yeah, because, I, I don't know, I feel like in shows like this, the main character usually has to have something that 
he's willing to go off of his plan for, you know, for Din, it was finding Grogu. Uh, it's just like, I, I mean, what could honestly motivate Fett at this point outside of fucking up his new bestie and as Bat's saying, maybe his, his side piece there if they're up in his, up in his penthouse room, you know, maybe they get a little, little freaky deaky in their costumes in between yeah. roughing people up. But you, you know what I'm saying? Like every hero, I know it's weird to say Boba is, is a hero, but he is going to be our protagonist in this show. And they usually have something that the bad guy knows they can, they can get to him through. So yeah. I, that's, that's kind of where I was looking at like, it, it, does Fennec become that thing? Maybe, you know, does someone fuck her up and to, to agitate him? But you know, maybe, maybe they are just two badasses the entire series and, and kill everybody that, 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 that screws with either Boba or Fennec. Yeah. Huh, all right. Okay. We get a shot of the sand people, Nick, and I, I'm going to go ahead and postulate here that this could be a potential flashback to his days as Nomad Fett, because, I mean, clearly we see that he adopts their their way of life. I mean, he's using gaffy sticks. He's And if you notice, I believe these sand people are wearing the darker color robe that we saw Boba in yeah, in season two before he got his armor back. Yeah, I'd um, almost think that, like, if you, if you look at him, it could fit that, like, he's the one on the left. Because if you look at like the the face mask features of all of the other ones, like that are kind of like right shifted in the in the scene, this like the one on the left. I don't know if it's just due to like pixelation or whatever. But like the one on the left looks a little different than the ones th that are on the right side of the picture. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if one's Fett, who knows? Uh, I, I just I feel like this could be a flashback or. Him, like the Mando, Din, linking up with Sand People in a friendly setting, right? Because we, we always thought before Din and he would do his, you know, rock, paper, scissors thing to talk to him. Yeah. Yeah, we, we always looked at him like, uh, you know, subhumans. They, they were almost like animals as Anakin described them. But we learned through Din that like, no, they, they, these are the indigenous race of Tatooine. They know the planet better than anybody. Anybody. It's better than the Huts, better than Boba Fett, better than Din Djarin. It doesn't matter. Better than the fucking Skywalkers. You heard me, Ray. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I could see Boba reaching out again. Like, hey, they, they have to have some sort of connection or he truly just killed every sand, people he, sand person he came across when he was trying to come back to life out there in the Dune Sea. So I'm going, this is either a flashback to his time with them or him calling the the tribe of sand people that helped him before to possibly come help him again. Yeah, could be. Yeah. All right. Um, storming through a door. I, I still believe this is uh, Boba Fennec and the two guards walking into the Athorian for the meeting. Uh, they kind of walk in with purpose. Uh, so I, I really don't think it's going to be a, a very friendly conversation to start. And, and we know it's not based on the rumor that leaked in April. I mean, they, they, there's definitely going to be some fisticuffs with guns when these factions meet. Plus we still have the Gamorrean guards. So I think Nick's right. This is still probably Three. prior to the, the meeting. All right. One of my favorite stills of the trailer, and that is of the Twi'leks. 
<laughs> and we, we, we even got a, a flesh tone colored one. I mean, I don't know if she's supposed to be like the orange variety, kind of like Hera's dad. Um, but my goodness, I still have this weird thing for the Twi'lek species. I know it's not real. I know this is a human in there. But there's some about good looking women with tails on their head. That just does it for me, and and I argue does it for Boba Fett. I mean, he you know he's he's into alien females as well. But the reason I want to point this out, the fact that they kind of focus on her, right? I mean, she got like a whole second or two in a trailer, which is huge if it's just a random side character, background character. Do you do you think this 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 Twi'lek will be involved in in Boba's story here? Or is is this just truly like, hey, this, I think her name's Jennifer Beale. And by the way, Nick, this um, lovely looking woman is 57 years old. Um, like, is she anybody? Like, I know that she was like, in, she was in like Flashdance in 1983. And okay. then she's, she's done some recent stuff, uh, like producing on, I don't know if it's Showtime or Netflix, but. I just thought it was yeah. weird that this woman got like a, like a like a specific casting post like Jennifer Beals cast as Twi'lek in in fucking Bo- Book of Boba Fett but like why would anybody care like this well, do I, people know who she is like, no I no you're <laughs> right like I get it but I think it's because it was such a poignant moment in the trailer like they they yeah. they took time out of the trailer to be like this girl yeah. So yeah, people are going to be like, well, well, first off, who the fuck is this, and and how she involved, and that's how we, you know, tone figured out, or like Nick said, I mean, Deadline, all the big sites were coming out. Hey, Jennifer Beals in in Book of Boba Fett as a as a Twi'lek. So I I don't think this is going to be just a little bit part. No, but, yeah. Um, I mean, clearly she'll have like that'll be like uh, his his. Uh, I mean, not even mistress, just his love interest. Oh, you, you like, think you know, that he's 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 gonna try a little hanky panky here? I think so. I mean, like if if they're literally like putting her in there in, in that prominent of a fashion, then I feel like she has to be around for at least a, a couple of episodes, right? <laughs> like, yeah, I, she could also because I believe a lot of Twi'leks, at least on Tatooine, from what we know about Jabba, were technically slaves right servants yeah and and we see in i'm gonna kill myself if i say right again okay i i hate people that say that uh i hear it a lot on on like corporate calls and whatnot I, I hear it on my own calls in academia i cannot stand it and i hate myself that i'm starting to do it <laughs> fuck right 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 hey nick we like star wars right right, right. oh my god it's so <laughs> stupid i hate my i but hate I, yeah, myself I, like they wouldn't they wouldn't put her in such a prominent position if it wasn't. And yeah, to my knowledge, at least at, that's how the huts treated Twi'leks for sure. Well, look, if we go state. back to um, I'm going to scroll real quickly back to the Athorian shot. That's and if you look, Twi'lek he's servant. he's got a Twi'lek servant. So I, that that the, the female Twi'lek could very well be Boba's into this guy here maybe trying to get a drop on him get some information yeah uh, but i i don't think she's just going to be kind of a, a a one-off deal and and again i i have to say this out loud this this woman here is 57 years old that's what money okay. will do for you i don't even <laughs> is it though like i don't see crazy plastic surgery i mean it's kind of like it's Ming, not even Ming just- Na when 
It's not like even they, just they, that though. It's like when you have money, like you can have. You, I hired a professional chef to cook the healthiest yeah. meals for me all the time, and like, oh look, right. I have all of these like five hundred dollars supplements that help me. I have a blood boy who I just get blood transfusions okay. from all the yeah. time. <laughs> there is some of that, but I don't know. I like just coming from someone that does kind of have a a diet and fitness routine. I also argue that if you're not just a complete lazy piece of shit, you you can as a regular person also maintain your body throughout life. Oh, it's yeah, not it's really not that. It is difficult, and that's why most Americans are big fat asses, but you don't need to be rich to be in shape and kind of not look like you're 80 when you're 60. Yeah. But, uh, but to look you know, like you're 30 when you're 56, that's when my goodness, you know, <laughs> Hey, this is what I say. Kudos to them and their genetics and, and whatever they have done to stay in shape. I think that is just phenomenal. It's phenomenal. I mean, you, you're not going to get 60 year old men that work out that look remotely this young still. I mean, look, look at my man Arnold. I mean, he looks half dead. Those fucking, those, those, all the testosterone he used oh, to take the, the, did the a number on him there. Shit. Man, did Jesus. Not, did not treat him well uh, in old age. I, I love the guy, but he looks half dead. I mean, he, he looks way older than he really is. Yeah. All right. There, there's Dog Boy there. I, I, I just, I have a feeling this guy is going to probably be one of the first to whack kind of get get zapped <laughs> just just like you know summarily dismiss like kind of like the bib fortuna shut kill like yeah. all right i've i've, I've heard enough and you're dead um i i don't even remember why uh, yeah this is where the, this guy was saying what prevents us all from killing you taking what we want and then we get uh the side eye i talked about right that's that's boba going okay we got to watch out for the dog people fennec wink wink you know what to do shoot them under the table and yell mcclunky if you have to <laughs> um, all right so here is we're getting into some of the shots where i think confirm one of our other big spoiler leaks uh, there, there, there's clearly going to be some sort of fight that goes down. And Nick, I'm thinking all this stuff happens after their initial meeting with the Athorian. Yay yeah. or nay? Okay. Yeah, it seems it seems like it. You're still in the same environment, like you're still in that same city. So probably like the 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 shooting goes down. There's a conversation that happens after, and then, or even the conversation is interrupted by the shooting, and then they make it out, and then yeah, they get chase, out and then chase down. Then by, the real shit hits the fan. So yeah, looking here at, at at the helmet rolling on the ground with credits coming out. Anything? Did, did, that was an odd sequence right? for me because right? I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't I don't understand how we get there. Like, did he? Are these stolen? Like, we see Boba with the helmet on, like in the in the facility like in the room with the athorian so it's not like he just had coins sitting in there like <laughs> yeah that's his wallet we didn't know yeah, i mean there, like, there's actually a there's a, a component there's like a, there. like a like a uh, a little <laughs> opening at the top or like a little you know compartment at the top where he just keeps a spare change i don't know but that was kind of confusing to it's me. It's weird. I, I was like, well, at first I thought they were just going for a little parallelism between Django's helmet rolling on a sandy yeah, uh, sandy surface and, and then his son's here all these years later. But then you have the credits pop out and it's just, it's clearly, I mean, we're looking at the still where you, you've got these maroon clad soldiers and their energy shields. So it's going to be during this big 
kind of fight that it looks like it's Fennec and Boba versus everybody. So how the fuck did he get credits in there? Why'd the helmet pop off? I don't know. It's it's interesting, but it could be tied to, like I said, which would I think this scene will lead to my friends, as you can see again, these, uh, I still think these guards are a part of the authorians force that, you know, they don't have the kind of the neck roll on the back, but they, they still have that maroon looking leather armor, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. But this shot here, yeah, you can see, I mean, Fennec and Boba are essentially cornered. They, they are, they've been encircled by these guys with shields and batons and yep, their Boba is not wearing his helmet for some reason. Who knows? Maybe uh, he, he, as he was running out of the Athorians, he's like, "Oh shit, cash!" and just threw it in there because <laughs> he clearly. I, I really think his biggest focus right now is being rich. I mean, he, he literally says, "Hey, motherfuckers, let's." I want to make money. <laughs> let's quit screwing around. I just want to be rich as fuck. Like he's going for rich AF. Um, but here, so we got our heroes, if you will, as Nick and I are, are postulating. This is post the shoot out with the Athorian, his guards, they probably ran out and then they get met by a, a much larger force. It looks like they're cornered. Boba's got a look of worry. We get a fantastic Tamara, you know, uh, New Zealand Maori warrior chop. I, mean, I, I think I got a great still here. He's got like that the crazy good, eyes and yeah. <laughs> he's ready to just fucking uh, pound someone again like he was doing to the troopers. Uh, but I honestly think... This is the prelude to the Rancor moment that we talked about a few weeks ago. I mean, I guess the only hard part for me is like, where do you keep a Rancor in a cityscape like that? I mean, like it would. Ha- I guess it could be like underground or something. Well, I mean, they're they're down in their ravine again, so maybe it's up top and it comes jumping in, and you know, he may have a way to call him, kind of like a dog whistle. But yeah. I, I just feel like, you, you know, Fennec and Boba, they're, they're fantastic warriors. That's been proven. But it really does look like they're up Shit's Creek without a paddle in this moment. I mean, it, it's two against eight, nine, ten, maybe more. And I don't know. I just feel like if that scene is true and, you know, if you don't want to hear this, you might want to put holes in, you know, or you already have holes in your ears. So plug them, <laughs> I guess, is what I was trying to say. This seems like the the ideal moment if the Boba riding Rancor thing is legit, which I, I really think it is, for it to happen. Like it, it like the either he was planning on getting double crossed here or something going down and, and he had it ready, kind of like break in case of emergency. He was getting yeah. ready to, to break that glass. But this just seems like it's set up for an epic moment, an epic reversal of fortune where Boba, when it, when it just looks like he's fucked, he, he, he's down on his luck, he's going to lose, the Rancor comes in and he mounts it and then just kind of exerts his will upon these people. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely could be. It definitely could be. But, yeah, I'm just we'll have to see where it comes from because that's the only thing I'm struggling with now is like, yeah, where do you hide the fucking thing? It's like, if you are essentially, yeah, hiding a rancor, like where do you hide it in this area? You know, I mean, again, we're, we're only working with that that cliff. Like I see what you're saying. Like, Oh, maybe it could come from the top and like jump down. But if you look at that cliff, that cliff's like 500 feet tall. Like even probably even more than that. (laughs) In the cartoon. I mean, they made it seem like the, what's her name? Patissa could, 
she was essentially like Spider-Man and could jump up to the, the top of those rocky crags and down. Yeah. What if, I mean, dude, what if there's just a rancor in this hub, like, Good, like yeah. chained up and, and, and he frees it and he, cause he's got huge balls. He just jumps on the back and uses back it as a weapon. Could, I mean, yeah, it, definitely could. it could just be somewhere in this massive city that we're thinking he's in too. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, I have a feeling that the, the rancor scene, if real, again, it is a rumor, but you typically don't get concept art commissioned for just a wild rumor like Star Wars Newsnet did. I mean, they actually commissioned a piece of art to show what they were told. And it just seems like this would be the perfect moment for Boba to commandeer a rancor and uh, kind of come out on top when it looked like uh, he was doomed to fail. Yeah, yeah, could be for sure. So this this was a shot here, and we're almost done with the breakdown. But this one feels like it could almost be a direct continuation of the stinger scene. Yeah. And this is where we get the, if you had spoken such insolence to Jabba, he'd had fed you to his menagerie. And, and you know, Boba gives a great line. Hey, speak freely. Like, bring it, motherfuckers. I'll kill you <laughs> if you say the wrong thing. But I, it, it's almost, you know, unless they just like to chill in the throne room together a lot, it, it feels like... They just kind of taken over. Boba's settling in. He's he's trying to figure out his ass print in the throne, and the captains show up, and they they probably come in talking shit like, oh, the, "What are you doing on the throne, you punk ass bitch?" And that's where Fennec's like, "Hey, don't be mean to my guy." And Boba's <laughs> like, "Yeah, go ahead, keep talking shit, see what's gonna happen, motherfucker." So, what what do you think? Do you think this? Do you think it's gonna be direct, or is this just them? hanging in the throne room and the captains show up and they're a little angry. I feel like this could be a direct continuation, kind of like uh, Black Series Cliffs was postulating in the beginning. Like we could, we could legitimately just get that whole, you know, 15 second scene played out again and then pick up right from where we left off, you know, like he's still yeah, sitting I mean, on the throne. And then if she was in. holding a, a a bottle of spotchka, then I'd say, yeah. yeah, this is a direct continuation. But I mean, just the way he's he's sitting, she's she's standing to his right again, just like we yeah. we saw her finish sitting there. I don't know. It's it's probably not going to be immediate, which means yeah, these two actually do like hanging out in the throne room by themselves as king in in whatever the hell she is to him, her sergeant at arms. I don't know, king and confidant. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure when she's talking that line, that that's the arrival of the captains probably coming in all gruff, like, what'd you do? Blah, 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 blah. You killed Bib. Now we're going to kill you. And she's like, hey, say that again. And you're going to get shot. Um, but you had to love the dude's <laughs> Boba's line at the end. Uh, Speak freely. Yeah. So there we go. That that was our first teaser breakdown for Book of Boba. I, I, I don't know. I'll be interested if we get maybe one more two minute plus like full trailer. Uh, but outside of that, I think it'll probably revert into the old TV spot train where you might get half a second of new footage mixed in with uh, pretty much the same stuff we've been seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not going to be anything at least for another 10 days. And then even at the 10 day mark for Disney plus, they probably only going to get like, you know, little, like a small, trailer from that so um but yeah i mean there was a there was a good amount of stuff to dig into with this one there was the leak confirmation that we had from earlier in the year and 
a lot of stuff to to speculate on. So I thought overall for like a, a roughly a minute long trailer was pretty pretty decent. Yeah, I, I liked how it really showed us nothing unless you knew about the the rumors. And I do like the tone. I I, I really think it will be. It's going to play out. It's going to look and it's going to feel differently than the Mandalorian, even though it's in the same timeline. Yeah, uh, it, I think tr- so. it truly is. It, it, as Nick said earlier, it's going to be a much more narrowly focused show where the Mandalorian feels like it's just trying to make its world bigger and bigger and bigger with each season and each character they, they introduce to kind of expand. All right. So if you like that stuff or you want to check out my eight minute uh, ram- rambling rant through it, make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. All right, before we move on, my friend, you know what we got to do here? We got to tell our listeners about our lovely sponsor. You all know who it is. That is Manscaped, and I'm just vamping here to get some of the, the, the rotating text pulled up so we don't get sued. Uh, but we got some words for you. We're moving into November. You know, we're getting, I know a lot of people groan, but yeah, we're getting into the holiday shopping season, so... Manscaped has some uh, new things to consider in addition to the Performance Package 4.0, right? So this holiday season, Nick and I, we are giving thanks to our friends at Manscaped. Do we tell our extended family that we have the Performance Package 4.0 from the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming? Not to mention, it includes their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer to tame our bushes and score brownie points with, at least in my case, the in-laws. So gift yourself Manscaped or the man in your life who needs it. Join 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with 20% off plus free shipping if you use the code SWTS when you head over to manscaped.com. You know, so I'm, I've, I've been thankful for Manscaped since the spring. You know, this is our first real sponsor, but I also am a huge fan of their products after they've, you know, they, they, they kind of let us play with them, use them a little bit so we can talk about them honestly with our fans. And really, no BS. I mean, it's uh, the Lawnmower 4.0 and all the other contents of the Performance Package 4.0 have truly revolutionized the way I spend my time in the bathroom. I feel like I smell like a more pleasant mang, right? Thanks to the crop preserver ball deodorant that comes in that performance package 4.0. And then throughout the day, if I feel like I need a little spritz, I'll just grab my crop reviver toner, you know, kind of spread the legs a little bit, give it a little poop, poop, (laughs) and we're off to the races. But that's not all you get in the performance package 4.0. You're also going to get the performance boxer briefs that Nick loves to wear every single day, even if they're not clean, as well as the travel bag to hold it all. And and don't forget, you've got the the weed whacker is in there too, and that's the nose and ear trimmer. Indeed. All right, but these days... We've got some new liquid formulations coming out. So you've heard me talk about it. Like I said, this is, I'm not blowing smoke here. I love the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. They're probably my two favorite things. But coming up this November, December, if you're thinking about stocking stuffers or or gifts for the, the, the men in your life, Manscaped has been busy and they have just launched the refined body wash and two-in-one shampoo plus conditioner. 
Both feature the Manscaped signature scent, which I love, no jokes, and will help unlock your confidence this year. Your boys and body will be oh so fresh and so clean when you start off your self-care routine with the Ultimate Body Wash Shampoo and Conditioner. And if you are on the live stream, uh, my, my Vanna White over here was holding them up for you. Um, I have not gotten my samples yet, but Nick did. And, and it really is a huge change. It's a big from, upgrade. Um, what we got before in, in the body wash and whatnot. Yeah. And they're not kidding. Like, I, I really do appreciate Manscaped's signature scent. I've never been a man that has been big on cologne and all that crap. I, you know, I put on man lotion on my face and that was about it. But ever since getting the, the, you know, the, the crop reviver, the crop preserver, and the body wash early on, I appreciate kind of smelling like a man now. And it's not, you know, it's not this uh, kind of like, oh my goodness, that guy put too much stuff on smell. It's it's a very tame, almost woodsman-like smell. So yeah. I'm, I'm a huge fan of what Manscaped is doing with its liquid formula, uh, formulation. So don't forget, you can get things like the Performance Package 4.0, the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker, and the new Signature Scent Smelling Refined Body Wash Plus 2-in-1 Shampoo Plus Conditioner over at manscaped.com. So don't forget, you get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SWTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code SWTS at manscaped.com. Be thankful this holiday season for the best gift of all from Manscaped. Your balls or your partner's balls will thank you. There you go. I mean, I, I, I will say right off the bat that I used the new body wash already. And it's one, it smells awesome. And two, they added like some new hydrating formulation to it. And you can tell like right off the bat that it's just like better than the previous. One. I can't, I can't wait. Like, I mean, awesome. I'm, I'm all for it. And like I said, this is not because they're sponsors. Yes, they're sponsors, but trust me, it's, it's not like they're um, keeping the lights on. So uh, we, I truly just enjoy the products these days. So if you believe us and you want to be like us, don't forget 20% off over at manscaped.com if you use SWTS and free shipping. All right, Nick, we're uh, running a little bit late for our new schedule, so we'll, we'll do our best with these other topics. There are some decent ones, so we'll, we'll see how things go. Maybe we'll just make the fan segment a little bit quicker than usual. Uh, but we did have a, a few Ahsoka rumors, and the Indeed. one actually comes from industry players. So I, I'm going to take this one to heart and that's the fact that there's a good chance ahsoka is going to be in mando s3 because as nick posted uh, during the most recent episode of the fat man beyond podcast which is uh, what mark uh, bernadin and kevin smith yep um i i guess I, I think they take questions from fans or whatever bernadin revealed that he had r- approached rosario recently to st- uh, to star in a short film he was making but according to him Either Dawson herself or her people had to turn it down because she would be filming Star Wars in December at the Manhattan Beach location. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the big thing to call out here is, is we know that Ahsoka's got her own show, but it's also been reported prior to this that Ahsoka, the Ahsoka series probably wouldn't start filming until early to mid-2022. So for Rosario to turn something down because she would be filming Star Wars in December, it does not line up with that schedule. And also 
they are actively filming Mando S3 in Manhattan Beach as we speak. So, I mean, like I said, Latif has been there pretty much every day because I I think season three is going to be kind of like season one where Pedro is more or less voiceover talent. Yeah, it kind of seems like it, especially with him having to be on set for The Last of Us. Yeah, I mean, lot. he's actively like, filming that right now, I believe. Yeah, I believe right that now. they're still shooting Last of Us season one. So, uh, But yeah, Nick's right. I mean, it, the, the production's been up and running since mid-December. Uh, like I said, Latif, who is the one-third of Din Dejarin, every day on his stories is pretty much rolling in. He's, he's always singing or, or listening to some rap music, and he, he's rolling right into that studio. So I guess Nick, if she is shooting something for Mando, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you run with it because you kind of you tee it up in the post here. But what what do you think is the use of Ahsoka in season three? Yeah, I mean the you know her her primary purpose in season two was to officially introduce Thrawn back into like TV canon, I guess you would say. And I think that well, and and well. And Bo Katan, no, and, sorry, and, it, no, it was it was it was reverse. Bo Katan was used to usher to in Ahsoka in the live action. Yeah, so I think that's kind of going to be the continuation here. Is that now that Gideon's kind of off the table, at least for the time being, as the big bad, mm-hmm. we need to fill that void. And we've always mm-hmm. heard, like we've we've heard since all of the shows were announced last year for Disney Plus that they're going to have this MCU style crossover. There's yep. going to be a huge event, and now is the time Mando S3 and with that kind of already intersecting with Book of Boba with Ahsoka going to be intersecting there too. Now's the time you have to introduce like who is your big bad. So if you're going to do that, you need to bring Ahsoka back in to like essentially give Din an exposition or like reintroduce Thrawn again as like, hey, you know, this is the real guy. Like you guys were worried about Moff Gideon. I get it because like, he was the guy who was in your face. But like, if you really want to root out this Imperial remnant and put this to bed, this is the guy you have to worry about. Thrawn, he's back. He's building up this armada, whatever. So I think that that she's going to be that catalyst to say like, hey, everybody turn your eyes to Thrawn because it's not going to be a, he's not going to be a one and done or like, like Moff Gideon, he is a a big threat to everybody. Yeah, I I think Nick's spot on here. I I think uh, Ahsoka being season three of the Mando, it's probably going to be just another quick quick clip, uh, maybe a full episode like she was in season two, but maybe not. And it it probably will be to expand the world for Din and whoever he's hanging out with. Um, I mean, even Bo-Katan may, may want to know about Thrawn. I know yeah. she's got a hard on for Gideon because it sounds like he was more directly responsible for the atrocities that took place on Mandalore and her losing power, her losing the saber and all that. So, you know, Gideon clearly isn't going away. But as Nick said, he is he's captured. Um, unless he gets away right away, there, there's a good chance he's going to be held by the New Republic in question and all this fun stuff. So you it. it, it it is a natural time to kind of introduce your Thanos, if you will. Yes. And you gotta remember, I don't, I don't even think Thanos came into the picture until the first Avengers movie. 
Yeah, and you know, he, that was he, just like the stinger of the first Avengers movie, too. Right, like he he was, it was like teased. It was more that whatever the hell they're called, that alien species that Loki worked with. He was mm-hmm. kind of going through that mouthpiece. Ch- Chitauri. Yeah, there you go, Chitauri, to, to deal with uh, Thanos that way. So I, I think you're right. Um, I, I, I could see maybe some potential dialogue revolving around Grogu and how that played out. If not, her just saying, hey, I sense through the force that, you know, Master yeah. Skywalker showed up and, and did this, that and the other thing. Yeah, uh, I, I guess you could argue if they do decide to check in on Grogu, maybe it's through Ahsoka. I, I don't know. I, I highly doubt it. I, I think they're going to keep her kind of laser focused on the Thrawn angle. Yeah. I think and so. and to, to probably build really just to build more momentum for her show. Right. Like kind of maybe maybe. uh start a narrative in Mando that's meant to be finished in Ahsoka is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, I think you're, you're spot on about that. I think that the Thrawn conversation is probably going to be like, it won't be like the turning point for the series. I'll say it that way. Like, it's not like Ahsoka is going to pop in and be like, you need to focus completely on Thrawn now. And then that's what Din does. It probably will be like, Hey, Keep this on your radar and then, yes, kind of teeing that storyline up in a more formal fashion for the Ahsoka series. Uh, so I think you're, you're dead on about that. But Whoa. it's like you're, you're getting. Yeah, you're definitely getting to the point to where if we are going to have this kind of centralized focus, big bad, it's time to like here. Here he is. Boom. This is right. this is who it is. Let's. let's I mean, we're to... not. We we pull a lot of shit out of our asses, but we're not here because I mean, Favreau, Filoni, the the plan laid out last December when they barfed up all these series that, that they had in pre production or were thinking about was like, yeah, you know, it's all going to be the same timeline. They're going to have their own shows, but ultimately, there is going to be an ensemble moment. Where, you know, characters from Mando, characters from Ahsoka, characters from the who knows if it ever will be anything, the new Rangers or Rangers of the Republic, they're all going to ultimately lead to an infinity saga type of moment. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, with Gideon kind of already being shown as a, I don't want to call him a buffoon, but... He sort of has failed his charges so far. Yeah. I mean, he, he did probably get another round of juice out of Grogu the second time he took him, right? So, fuck, I did it again. <laughs> uh, it's okay. So that, that thread's out there, right? Oh, fuck. Right, 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 Nick, go. Take off. To go. The, the thread is, is out there, so we know that, that, that Gideon... Oh. I mean, <laughs> Matt's having a mental breakdown. I mean, we know that Gideon's essentially neutered at this point, so you can't really rely on him as your primary bad. There you so, go. So for, you. for Mando <laughs> S3, we do have like a protagonist storyline that's going on. We do have the, the whole Darksaber, who's the rightful leader of Mandalore side of things, but you still need an antagonist. And if they don't bring in like a, like a bad faction of Mandos or like a, you know, maybe like a new version of death watch that shows up to, to essentially dispute his claim, then you need to have somebody step into that antagonist role to totally. fill that, those gaps. Yeah. I mean, you could argue and I think if they do, it'll be more like kind of faux resentment, but you could argue Bo could potentially become 
yeah. an antagonist. Yeah. You could argue the armorer and the the the, the Kool Aid drinkers could be a potential issue for Din at this point in time. But ultimately, as Nick's been saying, you still need to establish the ultimate big bad that is going to kind of squash any of the little petty shit going on between the different Mandalorian clans at this point. Exactly. And, and having Ahsoka, someone that Bo-Katan clearly respects, if not looks up to at this point, come in and kind of ding them all in the heads like, hey, dumb fucks. Remember, this is why you guys lost Mandalore in the, in, in, in in the, the first go. place. Yeah. Because you guys couldn't just come together and become the ultimate warriors that you are to kick the Empire's ass off your planet. So, chill. This The blue guy is out there. I've been tracking him down. He's about ready to make some crazy moves. Let's all get on the same page. And, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm out of here. I got my own show. It's gonna. I think it's going to be something like that. <laughs> yeah, I think right? so. Like, like, peace out. I'm going to go talk to to Groges and, and Master Lulu. I'm going to go check in with, <laughs> with Sky Guys Brood here and, and, and see what they're up to. And then we're all going to talk to young Anakin's Force Ghost because he's the only Jedi that can change his age in Force <laughs> Ghost form. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, no, I think you're right there. I mean, I think she'll be used uh, to introduce Thrawn to the Mando timeline, but also to kick off her own narrative that will be picked up. Maybe even we get like an Ezra uh, mention or Sabine mention. Hell, maybe Sabine gets mixed up in in Mando S3 in the Call of the Mandos we talked about last week. Definitely could. Definitely could. She's like a stealth character that nobody's really talked about a lot since like pre-Mando S2. so. She was a member of one of the more well-known and influential clans um, and, and, and kind of left on good terms, at least in Rebels. So uh, if if we are going to get to this call of the Mandos where 75 or more come across the galaxy to kind of bend behind Din and whoever, Sabine would make total sense to be involved in that, uh, considering her, her past and, like I said, her lineage. Yeah. All right. Um, the next Ahsoka one we have is is more of a rumor. This comes from Illuminati. I don't know. I mean, clearly they have friends on Reddit that we don't. All their rumors <laughs> get ran as gospel. Um, it just like if you actually read the article, which hopefully Nick did not. I don't like wasting his time. But they were kind of all over. It, it, to me, it was more of a speculation exclusive than an actual exclusive. But according to them. And we're not, you know, we're not talking shit. I'm just giving my opinion. It's not like anyone covers our our leaks, so I don't really give a shit anymore. But uh, according to Illuminati, they uncovered details on a potentially new lead character named Riz for the Ahsoka series. But if, if, you, if you listen to this, you're like, oh, it's probably just Ezra, you motherfuckers. But here we go. <laughs> Riz is described as a bit of a lone wolf, worldwide, despite his young age and able to handle anything life throws his way. This character is listed as a series regular with options. All right, so that's essentially Ezra Bridger on paper. Okay, right? Yeah. I and mean, I can say right the, there. Literally, the lone to, wolf part of it is about all right. you needed to describe. World, Worldwise, I mean, yeah. th- this is Ezra Bridger, season one Rebels. He's he's a, yeah. a teen living on his own who is able to kind of function. He's able to take care of himself. And we ultimately learn he's able to take care of a lot of people. So, I don't know. I mean, if Riz is indeed a brand new character, then... 
you know, maybe he is enlisted to help Ahsoka or possibly Sabine. I mean, a lot of this, they're, they're running as gospel that the Ahsoka series is, is fully going to be the hunt for Ezra with Sabine and essentially Star Wars Rebels uh, prologue yeah. in live action. I mean, action. It's, it's the safest speculation you can have given the introduction to Ahsoka and Mando S2, who she was looking for. Like, if she knows Thrawn's back, like we said when that episode dropped, then she knows that Ezra is back too. So if... Right. I mean, it's it's literally not even going out on a limb to speculate that. It's it's probably yeah, so the this, safest this, thing you could say. This Riz character, like I said, if it's not Ezra, I mean, it even sounds like it's like a code name, Riz and Ezra, Riz and Ezra, Riz yeah. Ezra. It's it's kind of it's pretty much the same thing. But let's pretend Riz is is brand new. It could be a friend of Sabine. Like I said, it could have been someone that Ahsoka has ran into and is maybe taken under her wing. Who knows? But um, according to Illuminati, there there could be a potentially a new lead character for the Ahsoka series that is not named Ahsoka. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I still believe if you're going to have an Ahsoka series, Sabine just makes too much sense to incorporate. And like Nick said, same with Ezra. You can't have Thrawn back in the universe without the guy that got him sucked out into... The unknown galaxy with no windows, by the way, by space whales. Like you can't just explain that away that one's back and the other isn't. They have to be in the same universe. The only way they get away with this is if they open up with a crawl or they open up with Thrawn saying, ha ha ha, I killed that Ezra He's Bridger dead. and yeah. made my way back. It's like, all right, well, that, that's not going to happen. So. Uh, listen to Nick here. If if Thrawn's involved, Ezra has to be. They're just at, at this point in time, the way they went out in Rebels, they are attached. Yeah. Okay. Nice and quick. There we go. Another rumor here, and this one I hope does come to fruition. Even though I, I think a lot of us would prefer to see this continued in live action, and, and it probably would have been. Uh, no, it wouldn't have been based on what they're saying here. And, and Nick, we're talking about this rumor that dropped yesterday that a Crimson Dawn animated series is being developed with the lead character being Maul. Yes. And the time period, correct me if I'm wrong, would actually uh, cover Maul's adventures with his uh, syndicate prior to the events of Solo, right? Correct. Pre-Solo. So this wouldn't be like this wouldn't be a follow-up series or anything like Correct. that. Yeah, so Solo. I was I was wrong. This this yeah. would be completely now, new content. It would still you still have the possibility of including solo characters like you could still have the possibility of Kira, you still have the possibility of Dryden Voss and and given the nature of how Solo lines up in the timeline, you could this could even dabble like right into the end of the Clone Wars era. So like you could well, dude, even... I, I'm I'm glad you went there because I hey, I'm a mall homer. He moved up to like my top three. So I'll I'll take a mall series. All right. I'll take yeah. it. But isn't this content prime for the Bad Batch? It seems like it is really. I mean I I don't know if they want to take a completely separated approach where like the Bad Batch doesn't really because the bad, like, if you think about it, like, the Bad Batch doesn't really have any business kind of messing with Maul, especially if he's doing, like, syndicate-related stuff and isn't related to, like, the Empire or anything like that. So I think if this is true, which it, it, it could be, like, you're probably going to see a series that's way more similar, like, 
way more similar to the book of Boba Fett that's dealing with the underworld right. and the crime syndicates okay. than it would be similar to something like Clone Wars or Bad Batch where they're talking more like galaxy wide politics and like the war, like the upcoming war. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I'm, I, I'm with you. Like I said, I would take them all standalone any day, just like Vader standalone yeah. animated or not. I, I'd prefer live action, but I love I animated. Say, Maul, so I will say that the, the, the Cinelinks, so that's who it came from. They said in their story that, that LFL, like Lucasfilm, was was trying to work this into a live action format, but um, they said that it wasn't happening because of issues with uh, Ray Park. So yeah, Dick P- Dick Pick Boy, Dick, yeah, Dick Pick Park <laughs> out there. Um, so I don't know if uh, uh, that, that that's going to be, become my new handle, Dick Pick Park. I love it. <laughs> but I mean, it makes sense though because if you do this animated, you can get all of the people that have already been established in this universe, like Dee Bradley Baker coming back as clones slash any number of other characters that he's voiced on Star Wars animated. And they've also said that. Matt Lanter and Sam Witwer are currently working on an I, unknown project. So okay, well, I mean, unless Lance, Matt voices Vader, I, I, I guess I don't get the inclusion of Scott. Because to me, Nick, if if this is real, this should pick up with Maul flying away from that Republic cruiser. Exactly. I was gonna right? say this is directly post yeah. the the War of Mandalore. So you know, like Vader is Vader yeah. just formed at this because I yeah. I would love to to kind of see Maul's reaction to him failing. Like his whole plan in the end of the Clone Wars was to get Obi Wan and Anakin to Mandalore so he could fucking kill Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Like he he knew better than the Jedi that this guy is going to screw up his life and his plans for domination. So he needs to get him off the table. So I would like to see Maul's state of mind right now. And, and knowing that he failed and his predictions are coming true, the Empire's coming to power, so he's going to take advantage of that and really kind of kick Crimson Dawn in the high gear. I would also like to see this eventually lead up to where Maul gets a little kooky and, and dons his hood and cane and goes out looking yeah. for holocrons to find where Obi-Wan Kenobi is at. I mean, this is, that's what I was saying with this show is like, it it fills in the gap, like the biggest gap in Maul's life that we have left, like mm-hmm. essentially where he is escaped from, you know, Republic imprisonment at the end of this Clone Wars season seven to when he becomes a psycho and is like on Malachor yeah. five. And it's just completely crazy. He's not. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only time that we see him in between that is that one scene in Solo where he's yep. all of a sudden he goes from almost a prisoner to running an entire crime syndicate. So, so there's like a lot of gaps to fill in in his life. And I mean, I know that this will never happen, but like the one like showdown that is possible in this series is a straight mall versus Vader. There you like, go. I, you, I, I, I was like, I think I know where he's going. I was just waiting for it. But yeah, yeah it's like, th- is that what drives him to his insanity? Like, you know, he's in his Crimson Dawn mode and stuff like that. Stuff starts to turn sour. And then he remembers like, OK, well, there's one goal that I had before essentially starting my criminal empire was take out Anakin Skywalker. And does he try to do that again? Like, does he go after Darth Vader 
and and just try to like say, hey, I know who the yeah, fuck you are, and an I'm going to kill angle. you myself. Because so. really, what what leads to him getting nutty is his fixation on Kenobi. Because yeah. ultimately, in Rebels, when he's looking for the holocron and he needs Ezra's help, he 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 needs a vision to figure out where Kenobi is at. Because that that has consumed him all up through now. I mean, it, it was still consuming him in the end of the Clone Wars. You know, where's Kenobi? You know, he he felt like, damn it, I didn't I didn't get that right. They sent the trainee instead. Um, so yeah, something, and it's probably just how it festers within him, his hate for Kenobi and feeling that, you know, Kenobi has essentially gotten one up on him every time they have met outside of when he killed Satine. That was a big F you to Kenobi that Maul got in, uh, as well as he killed, uh, I don't know. It wasn't Luminara. It was one of the other female Jedi, uh, her, him and Savage just wipe her out very quickly in I think season five of the Clone Wars but outside of that he, he's never felt like he's gotten his revenge against Kenobi which we see plays into his mental state in Rebels and then ultimately his downfall but if you remember his last line it, it was almost a line like he, he truly cared yeah that Obi-Wan was looking over who he now thought was the chosen one it was almost like Maul knew that Man, letting Vader and Palpatine get control is bad for everybody. It's bad for bad people like me. It's bad for good people. So in his dying breath, he looks at his biggest foe and asks, is he the chosen one? Like, and, that's, and, and having Obi-Wan say yes, that was the piece he needed yeah. to finally let go and die. Yeah, so I think there's a lot of good angles for this show. And it really yeah, totally. does kind of... It would give us something that we've really never had before and that we've kind of been asking for. And we're mm -hmm. kind of getting two of them now. Like we, we've never had a show that's been completely focused on who we perceive as an antagonist. And now with if this show is true and in a way with with Book of Boba, like Book of Boba was or Boba Fett was an antagonist in the original trilogy and it's kind of played the role of antagonist throughout the the animated series that he's included in we now have two potential shows that are going to focus on hey here's the bad guys and here's what they're doing and it, it's a refreshing kind of take on what we typically get from star wars so i i agree uh, and bad guys are usually cooler even if we don't ultimately want them to win in the end but i i've always appreciated the bad boys and girls of star wars with, yeah. with Maul and Invader being at the top of my all-time list. Real quick, while we're on Crimson Dawn, and a reason why I think this probably is real, I mean, the, the War of the Bounty Hunters kind of kicked it off and, and brought them, well, I mean, Solo essentially gave them prominence with, with Maul and Kira. But then you have War of the Bounty Hunters and her big trickery that she pulled off, and then you're going to get these two other, Crimson Rain and then Hidden Empire follow-ups. It's clear that Lucasfilm wants Crimson Dawn to become a thing, yeah. like big time, a big time thing in Disney Star Wars. So I'm not doing comic book breakdowns as regular as I used to. I'm probably just going to stick to the, the themed runs. Like when rain starts, I'll probably recap some of that stuff. But the new issue of Vader came out last week and it, it still had the War of the Bounty Hunters tag on it. So there was a little crossover content. And what you're looking at now on the live stream, my friends, was a big reveal from that comic. Um, Kira and Crimson Dawn, they're so entrenched in the galaxy secretively that Ochi of Bastoon 
is a Crimson Dawn agent, and that was revealed in the most recent Vader. Th- this is the the Emperor's personal assassin, and it became like Vader's traveling buddy throughout this Vader comic and the War of the Bounty Hunters. So in this in this issue, Nick, he goes back to the Assassin Guild and finds that they have captured Kira. Okay. And and you're like, oh wow, he's really gonna look good in Vader's eyes. Uh, but then out of nowhere, he's like, shoots all his friends, unlocks her. And she says a million stronger than one. And he replies a million stronger than one. And that is their that's mantra. Their, that's their catchphrase. Yeah. So yeah. Ochi Bastoon is a part of Crimson Dawn, just like Ren and the Knights of Ren. So you, you can start to see how they are funneling really a lot of stuff that got uh, brought up in the sequel trilogy. They're now backfilling in. With Crimson Dawn, that was kind of discussed in Solo, they're backfilling it in through these comics, and if this Maul series plays out, I mean, that's just more proof that they really want to lay the groundwork for Crimson Dawn's past uh, to potentially explain away some of the events that happened in the sequel trilogy, the Rise of the First Order, potentially, the Knights of Ren, Ren himself, Ochi. Yeah, I think if they do this too, this is about as as straightforward of a of a hint like hey we're gonna do post solo content like we're gonna try to do and i know that that this show is is supposed to be pre-solo but if they're doing this and they're saying like hey we're gonna dedicate resources to a crimson dawn focused show that is almost certainly gonna include kira like i don't know how you do this show and not include her because she's been in that world for a while when we get to to solo like specifically Mm -hmm. towards the end like it's gotta be that they're like lucasfilm has to be like we're gonna give you this and then you guys have been asking for it we're gonna give you solo follow-up content whether it be in the form of animated or live action or whatever but like they're like i feel like if they do this they almost have to follow with like actual oh yeah i I mean Especially with the the detail, well, it's all rumor, so who the hell knows that that the uh, the Crimson Dawn animated series would just cover pre solo stuff. So yeah, you know, you, you could have Kira in there working with Dryden and, and kind of learning the ways of Crimson Dawn, the, the learning the Taraskasi fighting, all that fun mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. But I think what Nick's saying is it, it's almost like they're they're building all this backstory up to then then show us how Kira goes from wanting to be with Han to flying away in that ship to go see Maul and then ultimately becoming the head of Crimson Dawn and, and coming up with this grand scheme during the OT timeline to essentially infiltrate the uh, all levels of the galaxy. I mean, they're yeah. they're in the Empire. They're 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 in the ear of, like I said, the, the Emperor's assassin and Vader's kind of uh, travel buddy right now. So I, I think I, I hope Nick's right. I would love to see. In live action, that is, but I'd take animated. No more reading, please. All right, you can, <laughs> yeah, you, you can keep doing the comic book stuff post post solo. Kira is the leader, but yeah, we we still need to see what did she learn from Maul. What was it like to be his lieutenant? Because she in the War of the Bounty Hunters comic alludes like, hey, I've had to deal with Sith like Vader before. Don't worry. I know how to handle myself. Yeah. Pretty much alluding to the fact that she worked for a another off the off the rails type of dark side user in Maul himself. So yeah, it, it does seem like they're putting a lot of eggs into the Crimson Dawn backstory basket and 
future stories, post-solo content, so we still need some gaps filled in for her, Han, Chewie, and the gang. Yeah. All right, uh, I'm going to skip the new toy stuff. Who really cares? I mean, we, they, they finally showed off. We, we got confirmation. We're, we're getting a Black Series Echo. And yeah, he looks pretty damn great. Who knows when you can buy him? We got the Rogue One Stormtrooper, Bib Fortuna, not the fat one. So not ROTJ one. Yeah. And then Little Omega. So uh, the Bad Batch has been rounded out in Black Series form. Who knows when you can order these new ones? Uh, but that's it. Like I said, we're we're getting a little long in the tooth today. Um, but hey, I, I got a bunch of my exclusives showed up. They're still look sitting in the box here. Nice in packaging. Really, the one I really wanted is is Trapper, just because it's a Davy Boy. But, yeah, yeah. He's he's still <laughs> sitting in the box on the floor. So clearly, I have not learned my lesson, and I really don't want toys anymore. But I buy them out of FOMO at this point in time. So, <laughs> Dude, that's problems. how. That's how my gaming was for a while. Like I would like I, I knew I wasn't playing, but I was like, I still need to have it. I just need to to right. physically have it near me. And, and just and then I there finally and dust. And then I finally pulled away. I finally pulled away. But uh yeah, so with that, we're gonna move into the fan segment for this week. And and Matt, you hit us with a question of the week today, and it was what did you think about the book of Boba Fett teaser? That's and right. we got some good responses here from the from the fan base. I feel like they liked it. I'll, I'll say that. I, I feel like the general tone, I, I say general because there's one in there maybe, is that they liked it. So we'll see. Well, for some reason I can't pull it up today on the uh, live stream. So I guess on just the old slacker. Just go for it. <laughs> I will read them then. This will be a, a audio only. So for those of you who are on the podcast, the audio only. You're not missing anything. Oh, hold on. I got, I got okay. it fixed. Yeah, never mind. Look at We're that. Back. I, I did We're enough back. button presses that it, it's <laughs> up and running. So like, Nick, like Nick said, he, he dropped the prompt, right? So uh, first question here, go. It's from Radis Force Dad. He says Radis as in Admiral I, Radis. It's not a great Radis. handle though. Like if you hear it though, it, it sounds like the Radis Force Dad. Exactly. So, I know. I love it. it. So he says, loved it for what it was. A very small <laughs> glimpse into a badass show. Most likely only saw clips from one episode, too. Opening it up with the clip of the Bomar Monk was so exciting and reaffirmed my confidence in John and Dave and their crew and, uh, that they really get it and they know what they're doing. So, yeah, I mean, like he was a huge fan of the Bomar Monk, the, the spider monk that we saw in the beginning. So, yeah, I mean... Uh, Radis Forstat, excited. Manny Johnson, 69, uh, says, I'm in a horrible weight. This trailer is superb. It reveals just what it takes without showing too much. And this throne suits him so well. <laughs> so he's, he's excited. He's in a horrible waiting period, waiting something, but he's Sounds waiting good. horribly. Yeah. Uh, it was Manny Johnson. That's amazing. I I live horribly. Like that's just my that's just my default mode is just feeling horrible. So I get it. <laughs> All right. Tones one one three eight says very excited by this. It looks like it's going to be an outstanding show. Movie quality visuals. Not according to SW props though. Uh, especially yeah, when just don't say anything positive about, about Boba's helmet. helmet. Uh, especially when seeing the location and city shots. Seen a few fans stating that they were underwhelmed by it. Haters, well, it's it's Star Wars fans, my friends. What, what do you expect? 
There, there's 50% of Star Wars fans hate it. Shit Probably. Haters mm-hmm. are always gonna hate. Screw Christmas. December 29th can't come quick enough for this guy. There you go. So Tones, I'm feeling is, it. Feeling Tones it. is hype. Next up, Chess Pick 66. He's making the 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 fan response segment this time instead of his usual top five. He says, liked it, but didn't get me all freaked out either. Whoa. Okay. Felt like it was a uh, it was all footage from one or maybe two episodes. I'm still psyched to see it though. I mean, Chez is probably right. Probably only got one or two episodes in there. And then this one here from Guillaume GH4 says, kind of mad. Didn't find it exciting. Not a fan of the character though. Oh no! Whoa. He's a he's like me. Whoa. But he, he's he a boba hater. Neo Boba didn't didn't uh, convince him to come away from the dark side of Fet fandom. Didn't join the, the light. Form. Oh no! I like it because okay. there was. I, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna obviously have a moment like I did last year when Neo Boba really kind of introduced himself to the world again. But there was someone in their stories on Instagram. They're like, oh. Fuck all you Boba haters from 1980 to 2020. Now you see how cool he is. Like, no, that, that argument is not right. Tamira Morrison himself is on the record saying Boba Fett was a putz. <laughs> and he's glad that he's been able to make him more of a badass. So it's okay if you guys all liked him because he looked cool. Because I did too. I still have... More Boba Fett six scale figures than any other character, more than Vader, and I technically didn't like the guy in the traditional Boba Fett kit. Um, but he really, wait, he, he just looked cool. He did nothing impressive during the original trilogy, and that that's documented by people that have played the character, have written for the character. He was eye candy, and that's it. It's true. It's true. So it's he okay. Was, Just, you know, it's calm down, everybody. I mean, he was not a, a very intimidating guy. He got killed, killed, quote unquote. He got taken out by a blind guy. Let's just all remember that. On just, like an accident. Like, it yeah, was, it by was accident. A, an accidental death. <laughs> Come on. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that people are generally a little excited. I can understand like Chez's take that you really didn't, wasn't enough to get you like, oh, fuck. Here we go! Because it yeah. wasn't like a ton of stuff. You, need, you know, he's probably right. He probably only saw maybe one or two episodes worth of content there. But it's a good little, good little tease, good little tickle. So uh, I'm, I'm happy that we're. I mean, yeah, technically, just, we're about two months out still. So I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't think Boba Fett's a, a character that's really gonna pull on your like fandom emotions like a a Skywalker movie trailer would, you know, those yeah. even, even Tross and, and, and TLJ, you know, when we got the final products, it might not have been what we want, but, the, but the trailers leading up to it, they still hit enough beats for us. Longtime fans, fans of the OT that, you know, you got emotionally connected. Even some of the scenes in Tross, the arrivals of all the ships Ray's moment at the end, it, it could still work those emotions that, yeah. you know, we, we all have for this franchise. Boba, I don't know. It is more of the just his music kind of says it all. The dun, 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 dun. it's it's more rough. It's 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 harder edge Star Wars. Like I don't I don't really think we're gonna be going for emotional pulling of heartstrings in the book of Boba Fett. 
Yeah. So yeah. the trailer is not going to get you all like, oh, there's Boba. I can remember when he was just standing there in the Bespin Carbon freezing room and the music played and he just kept standing there and said nothing. But man, I love that scene, right? No, that that's not how we think about the character. You, you, don't, you don't get all teary-eyed when you hear the, the, the Skywalker theme or the Force theme playing because you know that's not who boba was uh boba these days to me is more like yeah you know let's do some drugs and fuck <laughs> shit up you know that that that's who he is to me so. yeah no definitely all right so thank you all for responding to the question that we keep an eye out every tuesday morning prior to showtime to put your responses there you on go the question there you go and that's gonna roll us into the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. And if you want to get involved in that segment, make sure to tag us in all of your Star Wars art posts on Instagram. Could be anything from toy pics to poop pics that look like Star Wars. My, my favorite. There you go. Matt loves the scatological. So just make sure <laughs> tags at Star Wars time show. And then for oh the God. for the poop ones, put Matt's specific <laughs> Haywood yeah, pop in there. Add, too. Add <laughs> <laughs> and then Toss the hashtag Star Wars Time Show on those posts as well. There we go. Uh, hashtag Star Wars Time Show scat. Yes. The, for the, the scat time show. <laughs> scat oh, Wars man. Time Show. That's the next hey, show. That uh, we're speaking, of, speaking of our fans, uh, my lazy ass finally shipped out the, uh, the prizes to the winner of our contest. There so. we go. So. She actually, she, she, she hit us up, I think, last week. She's like, hey, uh, did you have tracking information or anything? Yeah, just my husband really is looking forward to the, the toys. I was like, oh, yeah, I, yes. life's been busy. I got to get that shipped out. So Right now, here you yeah. go. So there we go. Got, it's got the old shipping shipped. manager back back to work this weekend, so it, it's out in the mail. Thanks again <laughs> for playing go. along. <laughs> Thank you all for your responses. and your Re- Before you get into this, Nick, I, I, I do have a Matt Top 1. Yes, Once you we do. get through the five, just because I, I I had a feeling Nick would miss this one because it wasn't it wasn't a very prominent Star Wars shot, but it is a toy photography shot that I just want to get a few comments in at the end here. So, yeah. all right, Nick, go ahead, kick us off. I, I I noticed you went with a bit of a Halloween theme, which is which is appropriate. <laughs> I did so have a ahead. theme this week. So, yeah. So yeah. So the first one is Space Ace X underscore photos on IG, and then what he did was. He took uh, Mr. Kylo Ren and turned him into Headless Ren, a.k.a. Yeah. the Headless Horseman. So what I- we see Ichabod, is... Ichabod Ren. Ichabod Ren, yes. So we see... Uh, this is <clears throat> TLJ Kylo, I think, right? No, this is TFA no, that's Kylo. TFA, yeah. yeah. He's got TFA the, the rags Kylo. on. And he's got his head off yep. with flames abound coming from his eyes and he's also standing on a horse that is clearly undead because the eyes are also glowing i mean first off the pose like what really got me is like he nails the headless horseman pose with this Mm -hmm. with this shot and that really just sold it for me plus like the orange smoke pouring out of the kylo head it's just a perfect headless i can't imagine the stress or at least someone like me that would feel to balance the horse up and the figure on and i'm sure there's posts holding it but even just knowing you got to get rid of those in in post-production to to make it look natural but yeah i mean getting getting the balancing act of the figure to stay on who knows if tack sticky tack was used to kind of glue his butt down to the to the horse but it is an impressive uh, manipulation of plastic figures yeah i mean it's 
fucking really cool looking again like perfect for a halloween oh yeah uh theme shot hit the theme hit the yeah. theme perfectly nailed it so at space ace x underscore photos on instagram next up this one is like a multi crossover this is from <laughs> at memo underscore rod cam and what basically what we see is we see a whole bunch of different characters cosplaying as star wars characters <laughs> I so love it or dress up for Halloween as Star Wars characters. So you see Joker and a Kenobi get up. You have uh, Batman right next to him in a full Vader suit with lightsaber. You got Raphael in the background from the from TMNT dressed up as Chewbacca. You got uh, Wolverine, Logan yeah, on man the ground. Logan. Yeah, on the ground as as a stormtrooper with a fucking case of Corona right next to him. Even in the background, it looks like you have. Uh, uh, what's his name from you would know from, better than me is it Forenza or it's it's like one of the red-haired goku or dragon oh, ball people yeah right? i know it's uh it's god i can't remember it now but it, it does it's a it's a super saiyan from from dragon ball go. z uh dressed up as a as a clone trooper because he's got the clone helmet under his arm. Yeah, now and I then, actually think that's I think that's Kenobi's clone armor that he's wearing. By okay, the way. so it's like General Kenobi clone right, armor with the right. helmet under his head yeah. or under his arm. <laughs> um, and then you have, and it looks like there's Anakin Skywalker is there right next to that pole, but I can't say what he's dressed as. Is and like I someone wearing an Anakin mask? I don't know. I can't, maybe. I can't and tell then I that think one. this foreground character that's walking towards him that may be like. A Kenobi head put on a John Wick body. It almost looks like so. Yeah, holding a, of, a mask of some sort. So there, yeah. like Nick said, there's a ton of nuance here, and that's why I love it. it. This is another one where it's just the creativity shines. I mean, here you have at Mimo underscore Rodcam was sitting down one day, going, you know what? I'm gonna dress up a bunch of pop culture figures like Star Wars characters, and, and then obviously it's executed perfectly. I, I yeah. just. I love the the mind of some of the artists out there in the community. It's just, it's wild what they come up with. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fucking great. It's a great shot. But Batman and the Batman Joker in the lead as, as Kenobi yeah. invader is just fantastic. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, at memo, M E M O underscore rod cam on Instagram. Beautiful work. Next up is from at aesthetic one, but it's a underscore e-s-t-h-e-t-i-c-1 on instagram and he's got an awesome mandalorian thriller shot going on here so it's it's mando up front so din full beskar i think this is season two the season two outfit with and the wrong thigh pad the wrong thigh pad you can see it it's right there plus he's got like three good like zombie stormtrooper or four zombie stormtroopers all in formation doing the thriller dance oh, and yeah. i love the i love the lighting like the purple lighting coming in from the top it does feel like a thriller. production of thriller yeah I mean, it makes you want to do, 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 do. i'm doing it right now i can't help myself i'm sitting here in my seat it's fucking great man i mean this shot i don't like i don't want to say anything simple but the concept was very easy to grasp and he just fucking Nailed the execution. All of the poses for the characters are perfect. I mean, it's just yeah. I wonder. Great. I wonder if that's truly four stormtroopers, or if it or was if you just one. Like cut them. Yeah. Yeah. One moved around and then just kind of layer wiped them in. Uh, but either way, yeah. It's a. Uh, and, and I feel bad because there was another really good thriller shot, but I guess that morning I wasn't feeling 
thrillery. <laughs> yeah, sure. And it, it didn't make the cut, but I'm yeah. glad you picked this one up. Because there, there were some really good Halloween shots last week. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. At S-A underscore E-S-T-H-E-T-I-C one on Instagram. Beautiful, beautiful work. Next up is going to be Jedi Knight inside. And what we see is a fantastic shot of Jedi Knight Luke. And this one isn't necessary. This one isn't really Halloween themed. But what we see is like, it looks like Je- I mean, Jedi Knight Luke training. And next to him is Force Ghost Yoda. And we have like a little is like, what are these called again? These little force I don't know. What the, I, it, like they've been they've been popping up. I, yeah. I forget what set it comes in, but it, it doesn't come with this Luke. The the you see all or whatever the, the Thrawn's little ferret thing comes with this Luke, and that's not what that animal is. So yeah, um, I, I just really went in circles and told you nothing. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean I can't remember <laughs> what it's from, but it's like a little squirrel creature. And what's really cool about this is like. The lighting and, and like post processing that J the Jedi Knight inside did to this effect or did to the shot because you can see like there's a bunch of things like levitating around Luke like rocks in the background levitating. Right. Yep. The the light yeah kind of like the the, the the Ray moment on the island where she's yeah. really tapping into the force and things just start hovering around her and yeah Jedi Knight inside is is really great at I think mixing methods using digirama using post production effects using practical uh, clearly good in post with the uh, manipulation of a photo uh, but uh, jedi knight inside shots are, are always pretty dynamic looking you know yeah. solid lighting solid effects for sure yeah so i mean just overall beautiful shot here at jedi underscore knight okay, it, um, bat bat cleared it up for us it comes with cal kestis from Fallen that's who Order. it was these he, they were in the fucking that was the creature that got into your ship and stuff in in uh whatever it's called the game yeah it uh, shows you it shows you how much that game's narrative resonated with us I, yeah I just, I know. I just, I like, like i knew it looked familiar but I, like for some reason i thought it was like a rebels thing but i, yeah, I mean I'll, I'll play the inevitable sequel but i'm not gonna like be overly excited for it i'll just play it because i i typically if it's star wars i will i will eat it regardless if i love it or not yeah so Jedi underscore knight with a K in underscore inside on IG. Beautiful work. And the last one for my top five for Matt's top one that he put in was from at Sandra Bell dot blog. And I mean, like this is, you know, we, we used to see a lot of like the daddy son Grogu Din shots. And this is a perfect one for Halloween. So we have a, you know, Papa Din sitting down with little baby Grogu inside of a jack-o'-lantern that's filled with candy. And I mean, what really makes this shot is it's everything around them. Like it's awesome. Sandra Bell literally built out a fucking amazing uh, diorama of her own that's filled with like pumpkins in the background. You got little like Halloween themed trees. It almost looks like, almost looks like haunted trees kind of in the back. Like, it feels so fall Halloween it's, it's, perfect. It's like they're in a nightmare before Christmas. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, that's a that type way, of yeah. spooky forest. And and you really hit the nail on the head with at Sandra Bell dot blog here. She has gotten really, really great at building out little worlds for these characters to live in. And and honestly, she's someone that is becoming a almost a weekly 
feature during my rounds, not so much during the the top five. This is her second top five, I believe. So yeah, yeah but, I mean, I'm, I'm going to pop everybody. over to her page because I, I I've shared another shot after this one this past week. Uh, yeah, I mean, look at the shot of of Cal that she did. It's just. It looks like he's on Dathomir. It's got that red tint to it. She's got the yeah. practical kind of curled up plants in there. It's a cool kind of a top down angle versus a, a bottom up angle, which most of us take with toys to make them look uh, larger. But I, she's, I mean, she's a, like me. She collects these uh, Final Fantasy figures too. But like I said, Nick, I mean, even looking at this Final Fantasy one, she is. She's getting in that territory like a Jason B. Michael, a visual approach, a plastic action, work more or less, Black Series, where they they take their their creativity and their artistry and they they start building out the entire world for for yeah. a shoot. I Backgrounds, would, little rooms, desks, tables. It's wild. Yeah, I would not be surprised to see Sandra Bell's page kind of steadily grow and following because, I mean, she takes you know, toy photography and what usually like, you know, where a lot of people will have very, very individualized focus with like, Hey, the focus is the figure. Like she puts a lot of work and detail into yep. the immersive backgrounds. Well, and she that, even has in here in her profile, a, a diorama crafter. Yeah, so diorama I mean, she crafter. is like, to me these days, like if you really want to have a kick-ass toy photography page, you pretty much have to be able to do both now. You, you have to be able to visualize a cool shot with the toys, but you also have to be able to build out a world for them to shoot them in. And that's exactly what she's been doing. And uh, like I said, I mean, her, her page is fantastic. And th there's multiple just up here of recent shots that I know we've, we've uh, featured on at Star Wars Time Show. And I can tell you right now, the one I see today, from three hours ago, it's probably going to be in the rounds of features tomorrow. It's it's Han and Leia in that in this kind of warm looking forest she's cooked up. So yeah, I mean um, at sandrabell.blog, definitely uh, someone that has I don't know maybe reached a new level of the art form in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, definitely leveled up uh, her work and it shows great stuff. So Matt, hit us with your yeah. Specialty. And this, I mean, this is nothing against, we, we've kind of dropped doing the top one and Matt shit on himself. It's fine. It keeps things streamlined. But I, I, I had to, if Nick didn't pick it, I had to feature this shot. It's on the screen now if you're on the live stream from at work, more or less, that he put out last week. Uh, it's just freaking brilliant. As I put in the uh, caption when we shared it on our account, at work, more or less, has crafted one of the most creative setups we've ever seen. Of course, use hashtag Star Wars Time Show for features. But what you see here, if you're on the radio, you've got what, you know, like kids' costumes from, from my era, like back in the 80s, maybe early 90s, where you know, you'd buy essentially a, a trash bag that had the, the character's body on it, and then you'd get a real shitty plastic mask that wasn't even three-dimensional. It was just... It was like the mask and then the strap went around your head. The rest of your head would all be exposed. So what Jason did is he created all of these costumes for these figures. One kid's wearing a Raphael costume. The other kid, and the reason why we shared it, is wearing a Boba Fett costume. And then the other one has a Wolverine. But if you just look at this shot and you look at all the, the, the practical aspects of it, the costumes, the kid figures, the fucking street corner, the fence. I mean, th these are all props that Jason had the craft, even the little buckets. 
uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was Burkhead Toys or Alan Rappa, but someone gave him the idea that you could go buy these Halloween Christmas lights at Target, and they're the perfect scale for 112 figures to turn into uh, trick or treat pails. And it's really all that put together, and then obviously the end shot. We're just like, yeah, that's why uh, at work, more or less, Jason Young is a professional creative. Like his his job, his real company is to think of creative shit for for companies to use. And this picture exemplifies his talents right here. So 100%. that's it. I just wanted to to put it out there because I, I had a feeling Nick would scroll by, not because he hates at work more or less. <laughs> it's just, it, it doesn't really stand out as a Star Wars shot. And, and I know that's what he's looking for when he's doing his top five selections. But th- th- this one from work more or less, it really blew me away when I saw it. I was like, damn, that is just like, that is top-notch craftsmanship, uh, cleverness, creativity from top to bottom. No, yeah, it's it's definitely like just top, top-notch work. I mean, really amazing creative stuff for Jason. So good call out on that one for sure. Uh, but that takes us to the end of the top five, the Woo-hoo! special edition top one, and the end of the show. So Matt, bring us home. Show us Let's where do we it. go. Let's do it. It's ends. time to put the cows out the pasture, my friends, <laughs> and wrap episode 186 of the Star Wars Time Show, a.k.a. The worst Star Wars fan podcast in the entire galaxy. But hey, we love you. We we are truly a podcast for a more uncivilized age. And sadly, that's not really even a joke tagline anymore. We truly are in a very uncivilized age at this point in time. But that's why there's always time for Star Wars time, right? Put your head in the sand. Don't pretend that the world is ending. And tune in to the Star Wars Time show by heading over to StarWarsTime.net. That's the easiest platform to get connected to all of our other platforms. So on StarWarsTime.net, you'll find the content we put out. Sometimes it's just sharing other news, rumors, and leaks. Other times it's cooking up our own content like this week with the Boba Fett trailer breakdown. So really, StarWarsTime.net, if anyone asks you, hey, how can I get keyed into these two bozos? You just say, you know what? First off, thank you for knowing that there's always time for Star Wars Time. Secondly, if you want to get looped in with the bros, head on over to StarWarsTime.net. You can sub to all the podcast platforms we're on, as well as YouTube. All right? And we need you. We love you. The more the merrier, as we say. Plus, we're, we're you know, uh, weeks away at this point from a legit Star Wars series. You know, every week we'll be breaking those down. I, I think that's when we typically get more listens than these past few months when let's be real we've tried to really spin our wheels and come up with content and try to make uh, mountains out of molehills as they say with some of the some of the very brief and light stuff that has come out that star wars fans we want to know about so in the end let's keep building up this little force of fandos so tell them starwarstime.net there's always time for star wars time and remember If they start listening to the Star Wars Time show like you're doing now, the Force will be with you and them always. (laughs) 